Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, this is a great place for you. So <laughs> there is a form um, that I just refreshed that is down in the description of this live stream right now. So if you have a question that you want to answer place for you, so <laughs> there is a form. Hold on. I got to mute um, that my thing here. looks like I'm feeding back through. In the Give me one second. There we go. Um, but there's a form down um, in the description of this video right now. So make sure that you get your question in there. There's literally zero. I went ahead and wiped it. Um, there's now two actually, um, but I went ahead and wiped it um, right before the stream. So make sure that if you have a question that you want answered, that you get it in the form. Now, look, I'm also going to be pulling some questions out of the chat as well, because I know, you know, some people wake up late, you know, things like that. And for those of you that put your question in the form and, you know, you wait around for it, just a heads up. If you are in the chat and you mentioned like, you know, hey, I, I left my question in the form, um, you know, if you do put your question there later when I start pulling them out of the chat, then, you know, I can also pull them out of there as well. But I do want to let you know that um, this stream today is brought to you by our good friends over at TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. They have over 90 different tools that'll help you with your YouTube channel. It'll help you manage everything behind your YouTube channel. It'll help you learn. It'll help you grow your YouTube channel by testing your thumbnails, by helping you optimize your videos for discovery and things like that. An amazing tool. I've been using TubeBuddy for years and I highly recommend it all the time, even before they were a channel sponsor. In addition to that, you can try TubeBuddy at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin if you saw that on the TV screen there. Um, in addition to that, this stream is co-sponsored by StreamYard. StreamYard is what I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, and the reason I use StreamYard is because it's easy. I don't want to use like a bunch of complicated stuff. I mean, I can, you know, like I've done that in the past and, you know, I run into issues with like updates and, you know, things like that. And it just kind of, you know, messes up my, my mojo before a live stream. So when I'm using StreamYard, I can just come right in. I can just, I can count on it. You know, it works like clockwork and they host everything in the cloud. So even if my stream goes down, if I lose connection, my power goes out, anything like that during the stream, if I have just a little bit of a flicker, no problem at all. I can pick it right back up um, as well. So um, you can check out StreamYard. Uh, through the link in the description as well, or just go to streamyard.com. Now, I want to say what's up to everybody. Hope everybody's doing fantastic. Hope that you had a great week. I'm doing fantastic. For those of you that are asking how I am as well, I'm doing great. Had a um, had a fantastic week, um, and I am ready to rock and roll and ready to, you know, answer some YouTube-related questions, ready to, you know, help you out with what it is that you are trying to do on your YouTube channel. So what I'm going to do, is I'm going to um, go ahead and say mojo again. <laughs> Magic flying potato says say say mojo again. So um, uh, the the form, like I said, is in the, in the description um, of this live stream right now. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to jump right into the form. And seriously, if you got a question, like it will get answered. Um, if you can get your question in there within the next like you know little bit, um, your question will get answered on today's stream. But you got to get in there like right now because they'll start stacking up pretty quick. So our question today, our very first one, um, our very first question today, really quick, I just want to give a shout out to Dakibu, says that um, I'm trying to grow. Yeah, everybody is, you know, and when it comes to YouTube, like that's one of the awesome things is, you know, it, it, it's just like anything else in terms of there's a learning curve. So, you know, if you're somebody that's new, hey, Heidi, what's going on? Mr. Camera Junkie, what is going on? Nice to see you guys. Um, but one thing that, um, you know, like if you're just getting started on YouTube, one thing that you always have to consider 
is that when you're first coming on, you know, there's a lot of stuff to learn. You got to learn how to use a platform. You got to learn how to make good videos that, you know, people will respond to. You got to learn how to get people to click on those videos. And that's really the game when it comes to YouTube. There's a tons of nuance within that. And then there's other, you know, the content strategy things that you can do as well. But at the end of the day, your job as a YouTube content creator is to learn how to get people to click on what it is that you're making and then be satisfied by the content that you're producing. That's it. If you can do that, then if you can repeatedly do that over and over, your channel is going to do fine. Of course, you know, you want to make sure that you're putting out the right content at the right times and the right content that you need to put out in order to accomplish your goals and things like that. But if you're somebody that's just getting started on YouTube, really important just to keep that in mind that like, Hey, I got a lot to learn here. I'm just getting started. And because of that, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to figure out how to do this thing. So really quick, I'm actually going to put a poll um, here in the chat. And while I'm doing this, um, if you are, have participated in this live stream before and you know that you're going to get a lot of good info here and you know that, um, over, 1,000. You know that this is going to be a good live stream. Go ahead and give this video a thumbs up really quick on filling that out. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right. So our very first question today comes from TVR Creators. TVR Creators says that they've been on YouTube for one year or more. It says, I make content on video creation, lighting, audio, editing, etc. The goal of the channel is to help improve the skills of YouTube and filmmaker beginners and to grow a positive, engaging and engaging community. And the question, what would, um, what would be your tip for best setting up video content to get at least a hundred views per video within the first day or two? Thanks Nick for all that you do. Um, and awesome work on getting over 800,000 subscribers. You rock, um, Dave from TBR creators, Dave, thank you for the kind words. And, um, when it comes to getting, um, a hundred views, per video within the first day or two, um, really it comes down to making sure that you're optimizing things properly, making sure that if you do share your content out, um, that you're sharing it into groups that are responsive to that content. What I mean by that is, you know, in your case, you can share your content and like, if you want to take this approach, um, the, the idea with YouTube is you want to make sure that if you do decide, and I want to make this clear for everybody, just so it doesn't get taken out of context. Um, but when you are, um, when you are putting your content out, and you're trying to get views. When you're first getting started, it's really common to like, you know, share your videos in, in different places around the internet. And the reason for that is because, you know, that can help get some initial viewers in. The place where a lot of content creators screw that up is that they will just go and they'll share it anywhere. They don't put a lot of thought into it. Like, hey, are these the right people for my content? So what you wanna do is you wanna think to yourself, when you're sharing in any like Facebook groups or Reddit communities or anything like that around content creation, around video, around lighting, filmmaking, all of that, what you want to think about is, okay, the group that I'm going to be sharing this into, um, first off, am I an active member of that group and am I actively participating in that group so that if I do share something, it'll be welcomed instead of me being just like a drive-by spammer, so to speak, right? And then you want to say, okay, if this is a great fit, if people in here would get tons of value out of what it is that I'm doing, then um, I'm going to share my link here. And when I share my link there, because I'm active in this group, again, I'm not going to spam it because I'm active in this group. I'm not going to do this with every video. I'm going to do this only with the videos that are appropriate at that point in time. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to share it. I'm going to write up, you know, a little bit of information about, you know, why, you know, this is going to be beneficial for people and so on. And then I'm going to post the link there. Same exact thing goes for Reddit. And the idea behind that is the, is that simply when you're sharing in those groups, you want to make sure that you are sharing in places that those people, if they were on YouTube, 
that those people would also be likely to respond to your content if it shows up on their homepage and so on. And the reason that you want to make sure that that's the case is because when you're first getting started and you're trying to get, you know, 100 views within the first day or two, and that's, you know, consistently what it is that you're after, then in that particular case, you have to make sure that the right people are watching your videos so that YouTube knows the people that are responding positively to your content. And the way that that works in your scenario is let's say that you were sharing it in a, uh, you know, in a filmmaking group inside of Facebook. And you don't want to take the same link and just put it in, you know, a, a bunch of different places. But what you want to do is, you know, you want to share it in like the best place for it, just like one time. And when you share it in that group, um, what you want to think about is you want to think, okay, these people, um, let's say it's a video about lighting. So here, if it's filmmakers, I'm going to make a really awesome video for these people. And I'm going to take, I'm going to help them take their lighting to the next level so that everybody in the group will get some type of value out of it, even if they know what they're doing. Um, and then you want to share that um, link in there. Again, you want to wrap some type of, you know, story around it or some uh, value in terms of why it is that it, it would be important to them and, you know, share that link in there. Um, now, keep in mind, one thing that you can do to kind of level this whole thing up is you can look inside George B. Thomas. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. So what you want to do, um, the camera changes are coming, and this is really quick. Um, a buddy of mine's in the chat here, so I'm going to answer uh, his question here. So I have this, George. Um, it's the A10 Mini Pro, um, the ISO. You can do this with the A10 Mini Pro as well. But basically with that um, uh, switcher, it also comes with software. So uh, with that software, you can set up macros, and with those macros, it'll go ahead and just do everything for you. So you can basically just set it and just step away and you don't have to mess with it all the time. Um, and it will just sit there and just switch throughout, you know, throughout the entire stream. If you have any questions, dude, about that, just hit me up on Facebook. Like, um, it, but it's an A10 Mini Pro um, ISO. This is what it looks like uh, right there. But, um, but basically, when, um, when it comes to you know, sharing your content out, again, you want to make sure that you're only doing it in appropriate places, that you're not you know, just mass blanketing your videos all over the place because then Facebook will nail you for spam, Reddit will nail you for spam, the, the moderators of all the groups are going to nail you for spam, and that's not what you want because you don't want to spam your content. You only want to share it in the places that it's appropriate, and you just want to do that on a limited basis, right? So that's one way to, you know, just kind of get started, get the ball rolling, get your content in front of the right people. The other way is to roll up your sleeves and start trying to collaborate with everybody that you can possibly collaborate with so that you can grow your channel. Um, and not everybody that you can try to collaborate with, but only people that would be a good fit for the audience that you're trying to build. So for example, if you're doing filmmaking content, you don't necessarily want to collaborate with somebody that does Lego content right? Because the audience crossover isn't there. But if there's, if you have like a filmmaker friend or somebody else that gets in front of content creators and they're going to be a good fit for you um, in your, in your content and, and they're going to respond positively to your content based on the general interest set that they have. Um, then in that case, you want to start doing collaborations because by doing that, your channel is going to grow faster. And in addition to your channel growing faster, when you're sending that audience back and forth, it's going to help YouTube understand again, same exact thing with the sharing. It's going to help YouTube understand who the right people are for your content. Now, keep in mind, um, inside of your YouTube analytics, one of the things that you can do, Fox, the cutest dog in the West, what's going on? Hope you're doing great hybrid steel. What is up? Um, but what you want to do is you want to, um, go into your YouTube analytics when you do share it and you want to look and you want to see. So one of the things that you're going to see is, um, if you go into your analytics and you go into like a particular video, um, if you click in the traffic sources, you'll be able to go to, um, external. And then once you're in external, you're going to be, you're, you can click into external and you're going to see where your traffic is coming from. But one of the things with that is you're going to be able to see how long those people are watching. So yes, you're bringing people onto the platform. Yes, you're bringing people on to enjoy your content, but 
if those people are not enjoying your content, then it's going to work against you, right? Because then YouTube is going to be like, hey, you know, these people that are watching this content, they're not digging this content. So because of that, um, you want to make sure that that when you experiment with that, that you are also getting a fair amount of watch time from those people that are coming in from those platforms as well. But ultimately what you got to do, um, you know, like once that ball gets rolling and you start, you know, having some people interact, you start doing some collaborations, knowing all the stuff, so to speak. Um, then in that situation, one of the things that you need to also make sure that you do um, is roll up your sleeves, right? And get a really good understanding of, of one, what it is that the people you're trying to reach, um, you know, are into. And two, you also want to want to get really good at getting them to click on what it is that you're doing. And then of course, you know, the, 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 the holy grail of YouTube, get people to click, get people to watch, right? So you have to get really good because YouTube, when you publish a video, even if you're brand new, if you start a channel today, what's going to happen is you're going to publish a video tomorrow or today, whatever. And when you publish that video, you're going to get impressions on that video. What an impression is for those of you that are just getting started, what those impressions are or what, what an impression is, is an impression is where YouTube shows your content to somebody on the platform, okay? So what you have to make sure that you're doing is you have to make sure that when YouTube shows your content to those people initially, when you publish your video, you wanna make sure that when they're, sh when they're showing your content to people, that those people that you're trying to reach can identify that the content that you just published is for them. And you do that through you know, your, your title, you do that through making sure that the imagery in your thumbnail is something that will help them connect to it in terms of understanding that it's a piece of content for them. And you do that the best that you can so that when you publish, those 100 views will eventually come from on platform. So the better you get at that in terms of, you know, packaging your video properly and in terms of getting people to watch your videos for a fair amount of time, the better you get at that, um, the better, the, the, the faster um, your views are going to come in when you are um, when you are publishing videos to YouTube. Give me just one second here. I'm getting one thing queued up here in the background. In the meantime, if you're just joining the stream right now, what we are doing is we are answering YouTube questions. So I got a form down in the description right now where you can put your questions. Um, I answer those, you know, as they come in, we'll also be pulling them from chat later. But from right now, we are prioritizing the form, you know, for the early birds that are in here, you know, um, that were waiting, you know, before the stream started and all of that. Okay, so it's loading live chat. Okay, fantastic. Okay, got it working. Okay. So, um, okay. So next up on our list here, hopefully, um, that was helpful there for you. Um, TVR creators next up on the list, we have, I'm actually going to go ahead. I had some super chats come in as well. Let me go ahead and um, answer those super chats also. So right out of the gate, super chat. DMV MTB. Thank you for the super sticker there. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Martin super CJ Mangiello. Thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. And SM postcard says, um, can you say a few words on chapters? Absolutely. So when it comes to chapters, um, just a few things to consider is that yes, people will skip through your video when you use chapters. However, one of the things that YouTube is trying to do is YouTube is trying to make sure that they're giving content to people that, um, that they enjoy and they, they, they gauge satisfaction on a video, right? So just because somebody goes into a video and let's say they start watching your video and then they notice the thing that I care about is like three chapters in. So they skip, you know, those first two chapters and then they start on that third chapter essentially. So they just skip, you know, that whole beginning part and they get right to what it is that they care about. You catch them there and then they watch through, let's say it's a 10 chapter, you know, video. And then they watch through, uh, you know, let's say four chapters, you get, you know, four minutes of watch time out of them, whatever. And then they move on to something else. Um, as long as that person 
is, you know, interacting with YouTube in a way to where YouTube can detect that that's how they typically use the platform and that's how they're, you know, being satisfied through the content, then it's no negative whatsoever in any way, shape or form. Because ultimately what YouTube is trying to do is create that great experience for their, for their users. It's not for us. <laughs> content creators, you know, we always, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we're uploading content to the platform. Come on, you know, do it for us. But in reality, it's, it's for the viewers. So because of that, when you're using chapters, what you're doing is you are giving your viewers a way to easily find what it is that's important to them. Now, with that said, some content is more appropriate for chapters than other content. So I actually just had a conversation um, with my partner manager, which is new, by the way, just had a conversation with them about this. But one of the things is like, if you have a, if you have a vlog, for example, and you're trying to take people, you know, through a journey, you're trying to tell a story in your content, then in that case, you know, chapters might not necessarily be the right move because then what you're doing is you are, you know, causing people to skip different parts of the story and things like that, where things just start not making sense. Um, however, if you're doing some type of like how-to content, or let's say you're making cooking videos or, you know, something like that, then in that case, if you're taking people through different parts through chapters, then that one's more appropriate because then they can go to the steps that they don't know about, or they can skip back and forth like, oh, you know, I thought I knew how to do that, but let me go back and, you know, check that out. And then they can kind of skip around, you know, back and forth. So um, what I recommend that you do is I recommend that you experiment with chapters um, just on a few videos, see if it, you know, creates a positive or negative impact for your viewers and, um, and give it a shot. So um, again, the thing that's most important to YouTube is to keep their viewers on platform and to keep them engaged in terms of commenting, liking, sharing videos, watching more content, that whole thing, um, and keep them coming back to the platform. So because of that, your job, so to speak, as a content creator, get them to click, get them to watch, get them to enjoy that content, right? So that's the, um, that's the idea when it comes to chapters. Cooking with Grace always. Super Thank chat. you for the super chat. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so let's see here. As we keep on going, um, we've got, um, this one's from Spectrum Art Studio. Spectrum Art Studio says that they do art tutorials. The goal of the channel is to help people improve their art skills. Super cool. And the question, at what point in the YouTube journey can you start to add merch to your channel? I was listening to a podcast the other day, and one of the speakers mentioned a few times that it was when you became monetized, but on a discussion with a fellow YouTuber, she said that you need more subs. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to different monetization methods on your YouTube channel. One of the things that you have to think about is if you are doing YouTube and one of the things that is important to you on YouTube is generating income, right? Like if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make some money on this so I can, you know, if my camera goes down, I can buy a new one, um, you know, so I, so I can, you know, use it to get some extra memory cards or so I can use it to make a car payment or, you know, mortgage or whatever the thing happens to be. But like if, if, if money is a part of what it is that you're doing on YouTube, then you got to make money. So because of that, I, I recommend that when you, as soon as you get the chance, monetize, like, um, like start thinking like, okay, out of my content, the type of stuff that I do, what can I do? in order to monetize what it is that I'm doing. And merch is typically a great first step for that. So for merch, you can see on my merch shelf on my YouTube channel, I use Spreadshop for that. And it's fantastic. Like it's, it's easy. Um, setting up a store is easy. I got a whole video on my YouTube channel on how to do it. But when it comes to like when you should start monetizing what it is that you're doing, you wanna do that right away. And the reason that you wanna do it right away First, let me, let me back up a little bit. Daniel Patel in the house. What's up, man? Hope you're doing fantastic. But when it comes to monetization, one thing that you want to think of is like, if you're not getting any view, like nothing's going on, you still have like tons of stuff to learn because you just can't get any response yet. Then in that case, focus on trying to get that response, right? 
But if you get any type of response, if you have 10 people coming in and watching a video, then you should be, you should be monetizing your content. What I mean by that is just make things available. You don't have to cram it down. You know, you don't have to cram it on them or push it on the people that are watching, but just make things available. Have, you know, links in your description, have a little graphic that pops up. You can make this on like place it or on Canva, something like that. Have a little graphic that pops up and just says, you know, Hey, you know, merch, you know, down in the description, something like that, um, where you just have a direct link for them down in the description to your merch shop. The reason that the person on the podcast said that um, it was when you become monetized on YouTube when you get into the partner program is because that's what you need in order to get the actual merch shelf itself. And that's actually comes with a subscriber limit as well. That's not just when you get monetized. So because of that, you can go ahead and create a merch store, go ahead and get some merch up there. And then you can take that link to your merch store and you can put that in your video description. So then you can let people know in your video, either verbally or through a little graphic that pops up to let them know that you do have that available. And here's why that's important. How many people here? Um, actually, I can see, I got a, I got a poll up here. <laughs> so we've got 62% of the people watching have under a thousand subscribers. Okay. So that means 62% of you are not monetized right now. That means 62% of you are, you know, just getting the ball rolling right now. Okay. So here's what I want you to consider when it comes to monetization and whatever ways that you decide to monetize. If it's through merch, if it's through services, if it's through affiliate marketing, if it's through um, like Patreon or buy me a coffee, something like that. Um, you know, all there's tons of different ways to monetize. But um, one thing that I want you to think about, let's say that the next video, you're not, you're, you're not monetized right now. Money is one of the things that you're trying to pull from YouTube. In that situation, let's say that the next video you publish goes bonkers like people love it they click on it like crazy they watch it like crazy youtube keeps showing it to people and you know over the course of you publishing that video over the next 30 days you end up getting you know a hundred thousand two hundred thousand five hundred thousand a million views on that video or more but you didn't have anything in there for monetization right then what just happened is you just lost a humongous opportunity to drive some revenue to what it is that you're doing to, you know, put in your YouTube bucket. So when your computer goes down, your phone goes down, your camera goes down, you got to get new stuff. You just missed a huge opportunity to be able to do that. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're at least putting these things in your description. Now, look, if you do have something going on to where let's say that you publish a video and it does, you know, skyrocket and you start getting a lot of views on it. You can go after the fact and you can put it in your description. The problem comes when you have it in your description, but nobody knows it's down there because, you know, the difference is if you do it beforehand, you can either verbally say it, you know, really quick at the end of your video, or you can have a little graphic that pops up, you know, a little shirt graphic, whatever, letting people know that there's, uh, you know, something down there in the description form. So you can be preemptive on it, but if it happens after the fact, then it's going to be in your description, but people aren't going to know it's down there unless you have some other call to action driving people down to your description. And the really, the really cool thing about this is if you start doing this now, um, you know, as a new YouTube content creator, if you start doing it now, as your YouTube channel grows, your income grows along with it because then you have more and more people exposed to all the different links that you're sharing and things like that and all the awareness that you're spreading about your merch and so on. So as your YouTube channel continues to grow, your income also continues to grow along with your YouTube channel and all the other ways that you're monetizing as well. So what I really encourage everybody to do is if monetization, if money is one of the things that you're wanting to get um, out of your YouTube channel, then I really recommend that you make sure that you get as many things in place as you possibly can in order to be able to monetize what it is that you're doing. Because if not, you'll kick yourself later. Trust me. Okay, so um, let's see here. Next up on the list, um, we've got Bouncing Dude. 
makes me makes me want to go like this for the bouncing dude. <laughs> says we had some success with views, but subscribers stalled. We're getting close to the first 1,000 subscribers, but it's sluggish. How can you improve more? How can you improve viewers to subscriber conversions? Um, I actually have a video coming out for this. I recorded it yesterday. Um, but basically, when you are um, when when people are when you're converting people into subscribers, it comes down to them being able to see a clear value out of what it is that you're doing as it relates to them. So, for example. Um, if you're making like how-to content, that's easy because you know it's it's clear. Hey, you know I'm I'm helping people solve this problem. The problem solved. They appreciate it. They subscribe. You know they'll come back and watch more content. Then you have the other side, which is you know I have just kind of a variety channel. I'm throwing up you know just a bunch of like whatever. And then when people go there, they might subscribe to a video, but then they'll unsubscribe because you know the other content you're publishing isn't the thing that you know that they're there for that kind of stuff. So then because of that, what happens is you know, you're publishing this content, you got a lot of people subscribing, then you have a lot of people leaving and things like that because the content's all over the place. Then you have the other one to where, let's say that you are doing, you know, another type of content that isn't how-to content, but you are very consistent with that content, like Ron's trains and things, as an example, who's in the chat right now. So like with Ron, um, his entire YouTube channel is about, is about model trains. So because of that, if somebody lands on Ron's channel and he makes it clear to them, which he already is making it clear, Ron's trains and things in his channel name. So as long as Ron makes it clear to his viewers that people or that that he has an entire channel of content that those viewers are interested in because he's bringing them in with that model train content. So as long as he's spreading awareness, letting them know hey, I've got a whole channel full of this type of content, then he's going to, through that awareness, he's going to increase his conversions by simply letting people know that he has more content like that and that he uploads content like that on a regular basis. Same exact thing happens when somebody watches a video, they flow over to the channel page, um, and then they see, you know, in your channel header, this is the type of content that I make. Um, and then they, you know, start scrolling down and they see other videos that are like that as well. So what you have to do is one, the, the keys here. One, make sure that you identify the value that you're bringing to your audience. The reason that that's important is because if you can, Brian G. Johnson in the house. What is up, my man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Um, but like with um, um, the value, if you can't identify the value that you're bringing to your audience, you can't expect the audience to be able to, you know, kind of pull that up, so to speak, right? Like they won't just come up with that, you know, on their own. So you want to make sure that you are very clear about what it is that you're offering to your audience too. Once you know what it is that you're offering to your audience, you got to make sure that people know. And the way that you can pe make people know is by simply saying it in your video. You don't have to do it at the very beginning. Um, you can do it, you know, later in the video. You can do it in the middle of your video. You can do it. Let's say, for example, let's say that I was making a video about squishy balls, right? About squishy balls, right? And the people that are watching that video, they just collect squishy balls. I'm going out on, on a limb here, right? <laughs> like work with me here. It's what was on the desk. So um, so let's say that, you know, that I have this channel about squishy balls. Then as I'm sitting here and I'm reviewing the squishy ball, let's say that I have an overhead shot like this. And I'm like, yeah, this squishy ball is awesome. And, you know, hey, you can see how it bounces, you know, here on the desk right now. And hey, just a heads up, you know, I make content like this. I put out a video about squishy balls every Monday. Um, so if you aren't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe. But anyway, you can see here, uh, if we switch to this camera, the threads on here are, you know, and, and the idea is just to simply, you know, in passing through the content, just remind people, let people know, spread awareness. So the same exact thing goes for those of you that are, um, you know, those of you that are selling merch, you know, things like that. You can do that stuff in passing. A lot of content creators, they are, hey, Eileen, what's up? Hope you're doing great. Um, I'll be tastic. What's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. But one of the things that you want to make sure that you're thinking about is, you know, if people don't know 
the things that you have, then it's harder to convert them into those things that you have. So for example, you know, if you are trying to convert them into a subscriber, the more awareness that you share or spread um, about the type of content that you make and the value that you bring to your audience, the easier it's going to be for people to understand that without needing to explore. That's why you see so many YouTube content creators that say things like, you know, hey, well, you know, welcome, uh, you know, uh, welcome back to the video. Uh, my name's Nick on this channel. You know, we talk about squishy balls. You know, we talk about squishy balls. Um, but today what we are going to be doing um, is we're going to be talking about, you know, this new squishy balls, this new squishy ball that I got here from uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. And, uh, you know, through the squishy ball, you know what I mean? So basically the idea is just spreading that awareness so that people know what it is that you're doing. Because when you can spread that awareness, then you're letting people know like, hey, this is, you know, like they have an entire channel, um, you know, for me. When you are doing that for your merch, things like that, hey, they've got, you know, they've got this merch. I didn't even know they had merch, you know, that type of thing. So the idea is to spread awareness. But one, define your value. Two, make it just brutally clear or explicitly clear the value that you offer and spread that awareness everywhere. So for example... Do it in your videos, do it in your about me page, do it in your um, channel art, make sure that you're structuring your page around the value that you offer. So for example, um, if on your YouTube channel, you know, whatever type of content it is that you make, whatever the value is that people come to you for, you want to organize your content into playlists and then you want to add those playlists to sections to your channel page based on the things that people come to you the most for. And by doing that, you'll also increase your conversions because then as people flow over to your channel page, they start looking for more content. They're going to end up watching more videos because you've organized it in a way that makes it easy for them to find out what they or to find what they care about and then they start watching more of your content and then through that content and that process they start to put two and two together like wow they make a lot of content like this or this is like what they do and then uh, and then they'll subscribe from there as well uh, let's see here Rachel farm super chat. thank you for the uh, super sticker there um, I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. So another one just went by here. Let me uh, grab this one really quick as well. Brian G. Johnson saying hey to uh, Ron. Hey, Zortech. Nice to see you as well. Got Daniel Patel shouting out Brian G. Johnson here. Um, let's see here. So um, Elite Wolf, we're not there yet. So I'm just going through them, you know, as I um, as as we as we get there. So uh, hang tight. Um, okay, so um, I don't see that one here. So let me open up this handy dandy tool. And uh, let's see here. So we've got uh, Martin CJ Mongelio says at 14,800 subs so far with my White House ship videos and looking for collab producers on CPGs, cooking shows, events, podcasting, video team. Oh, so you're just putting it out there. Okay. So basically, I think he was just putting that out there saying like, hey, everybody, I'm looking for collaborators on cooking content. So just a heads up. If you are into that type of stuff, um, you know, hit up Martin. He's actually actively looking for collaborators right now and um urban explorer Super neil what's up man hope you're doing awesome says it's very important um for everyone all right i'm not going to say that one out loud um just for the sake of uh you know uh the captioning and all that good stuff okay what do we have here so next up on the um list we're gonna be pulling this one from the form who is uh let's see here the real hi there says they've been on YouTube for one year or more. They do Minecraft content. How many gamers we have in the house? If you're a gamer, just identify yourself. If you're a gamer, just say me um, here in the chat. I just want to see uh, how many gamers we got in here. So um, let's see here. I know I just said it. I know, I know, I know. So, <laughs> um, the goal of the channel is to give inspiration to other people and to grow my channel. The question, so I recently passed 100 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Nice work. Says, I was also wondering how do you tag videos correctly to be seen more? Um, I have a video about this that I made yesterday as well. 
So I have a video um, coming out that is about YouTube myths. Um, and the whole video, I think it's like uh, 11, I believe. Yeah, it's 11 myths um, that that you need to stop believing right now is some yeah, the, something along those lines. But basically, one of those myths is that the tags are going to, you know, be the thing that's going to make you get more views on your videos. How many people here think that you need to spend like a lot of time on tags and that you need to make sure that, you know, the tags that you are putting on there, that you do tons of research on those tags and that you're using like the perfect tags for your video. If that's you, just say me. Um, but basically when it comes to, hey, Zaggy, what's up, dude? Um, but basically when it comes to tagging your videos, YouTube says that they're not as important as they used to be. They're not saying they're useless. They say they're not as important as they used to be. Um, in addition to that, um, in YouTube's documentation all over the place on Google Help Pages, YouTube Creator Academy, they also still mention tags as well in terms of, you know, things that do help um, in terms of helping their system have context, right? However, the problem is that the tags aren't the thing that moves the needle for you, okay? So the idea with tags is that if you use tags in your videos, you can use TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is going to display a list of tags for you. When they display that list of tags for you, all you have to do is say, this is relevant, 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 done, right? You don't have to do tons of research on it. You don't have to do any of that stuff, right? Just use something like TubeBuddy or use TubeBuddy and say this, 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 done, right? And then move on. The thing that's gonna move the needle for you is not the tags of your video. You can use the perfect tags, right? And if your video sucks, it's not gonna help. You can use the perfect tags. If you can't get people to click on your video, it's not gonna help, right? So the idea is to make sure that you're focusing the most on the things that are the most important, which is getting people to click, getting people to enjoy the content that you have, getting people to, you know, hopefully subscribe, getting people to share your content, that those types of things. When you focus on those things, then then all of your efforts are going to go into that and less of your efforts are going to go into the things that are less important when it comes to actually making a difference on your YouTube channel. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, you know, out of the 62% of you here that are that are just getting started, um, the, the thing that you need to work on more than anything else when it comes to growing your YouTube channel is like learning like, hey, man, how, how do I how do I how do I really understand the people that I'm trying to reach with this content? How do I get them to click? If you're on entertainment content, gaming content, whatever, what what type of topics can I come up with that's really going to resonate? Let's say you're doing Minecraft content because I got this one up here. So for Minecraft people, right? Like what what can I what type of content can I make? Like am I just going to do just normal gameplays or what type of content could I make that is something that if somebody's a Minecraft player, they're going to talk about this. To where it's like, you know, hey, you check out this channel. They're doing some really cool stuff in Minecraft. Or, hey, you know, check out this channel. They, they have this really unique perspective on, on Minecraft. Or they're sharing this particular type of information as it relates to the real world through Minecraft or whatever the thing happens to be. Um, but, you know, that's the approach that you want to take is like, you know, how can, I, how, can I, how can I do this in a way that is going to help people talk about me, talk about my YouTube channel? It's going to help people when they come into my YouTube channel think like, oh, this is great. This isn't just another Minecraft video. This is something, this is really cool to where they want to, you know, keep watching the content. Like those are the types of things that you got to think about when it comes to making sure that, you know, that you're giving yourself the best possible chance on YouTube. Like worrying about your tags, um, that's not going to be something that's going to like really move the needle for you. Use them until YouTube takes the box away. Um, but outside of that, you want to make sure that you're focusing on the thing that matters most. And that's getting people to click, getting people to enjoy your content. 
Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going through the list, um, see here we got those, we got those. Okay, so next up on our list, we got my Adrian Gan. My Adrian Gan says um, they do personal finance and development content. The goal of the channel is to provide financial knowledge to the public. And the question is, my shorts are more popular than my long form content, but I want to grow as a long form content creator. Will shorts hurt my growth? No. So when it comes to your shorts, it won't necessarily hurt your growth, but you might be stepping into the wrong people, so to speak. So um, according to YouTube, the um, you know shorts can you know be beneficial for a YouTube channel, obviously, because some channels have blown up because of shorts. But what you got to think of at the higher level is like, what am I trying to do here? And you clearly state, I want to grow as a long form content creator. Right. So if you want to grow as a long term, long form content creator, then I would be leveraging like shorts, community feed, you know, that kind of stuff, um, leveraging your shorts because that gets you in front of, you know, more new people, um, your community feed to keep trying to bring people back to your channel. And then, of course, make an awesome long form content on your YouTube channel, because because, you know, if you're wanting to be a long form content creator, then what do you want shorts for? <laughs> right. So it's like, hey, I want to make this. I don't want to make that. But you're just doing it to try to get those like quick hits or whatever you know, try to, try to, um, you know, try to lean into what it is that you're actually trying to do and embrace that and get really good at that instead of, you know, it, it here's the thing for all of us. It is so, oh yeah, as a heads up, thanks for that, um, digital tools of the trade. So to my knowledge, yes, um, it is still going on. Um, but if you, if anybody here has a ticket to VidCon, I'm not saying VidSummit, um, VidSummit is still going on, um, to my understanding, but when it comes to VidSummit, just as a heads up, they just put out the announcement yesterday that VidSummit is now canceled. Um, so if you did have tickets for VidSummit, just wanted to give you that heads up. Um, but in terms of the shorts, you know, it's just the thing you got to think about is, when it comes to doing all this stuff and, you know, publishing videos on the internet and trying to build like an internet brand, it's so easy to get distracted by so many different things. Like, you know, how many people here have like social media accounts everywhere and you spend tons of time just trying to keep the ball rolling on everything? If that's you, just just say me. I'm what me right here. Right. Like I, I've had like I go in these waves to where I'll get distracted by Instagram and I'll be like, you know, hey, let me post some stuff over on Instagram. And then I'm like, what am I doing? You know, YouTube's my jam. I'm just going to, you know, I need to go back over to YouTube. And then, you know, and then I'll be like, okay, well, you know, hey, I'm going to start exploring TikTok and doing some testing over there. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, I don't even like TikTok. What am I doing? Let me go back over to YouTube, right? Like it's so easy for us to get distracted by things that are, um, by things that are not, uh, you know, adding to us, so to speak. So because of that, like if you're just getting started, um, you know, I recommend that one, you experiment with different platforms just for the sake of, you know, you might end up doing great on TikTok, but you know, not YouTube, unless you want to be a YouTuber. Um, but like when it comes to the distractions though, it's really important to make sure that you're putting things aside if it's not helping you, you know, get to where it is that you're trying to go. For example, if you're still trying to learn how to make content that people respond to, then putting up a bunch of bad content all over the place probably isn't going to help you much. So all of that energy that you're spending elsewhere um, is probably just wasted energy. So because of that, you know, pick something and learn how to do it good, at least to a level to where you're competitive, you know, on whatever platform it is that you choose and then say, okay, now I got this down. Let me see if I can do something similar over here. Hey, it's working over here. Let me see if I have the bandwidth or the capacity or the time in my day to also start doing it over here. And then you start, you know, introducing some other things as well or bringing in help or whatever the thing is that you got to do. Um, but the idea 
is is just try not to get distracted from 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 the thing that you're actually trying to accomplish because YouTube is always putting out features, you know, all the other platforms are out there, they're always constantly evolving and you just want to make sure that whatever it is that you're trying to do that it's in alignment with your goals. And then when you know what it is that you're trying to do in terms of your goals, then you can say, okay, um, it would using shorts help me fit into that. Would being on TikTok help me fit into that? Would being on Instagram help me fit into that? Would you know you know what I mean? Would using stories on a regular basis help me do that? Um, but the idea is just to be clear on what it is that you want so that you can make sure that you're taking the right actions to help you get there as fast as you possibly can. Marcus, affiliate marketing dude. What is up, my man? I hope that you are doing fantastic. Dude, I, I ran across, I was uh looking around, it was like yesterday or before, and I ran across um, one of your videos on the uh, homepage, clicked in there, watched it for a little bit. I was like, all right, man, I haven't seen Marcus in a while. Dude, I hope that you're doing fantastic. Um, let's see here, Michael Daniels says, um, I just love what you do for folks. Um, keep it up. I so wish the time zones worked out where you could join our live game show. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the kind words, man. Um, you know, I would love to do the game show. Um, it's just, you know, the time zone thing. If we can ever work that out, you know, I'd be more than happy to come on there. I love doing stuff like that. It's fun. Uh, yeah, YouTube is definitely a marathon for sure. It's like a triathlon marathon. <laughs> oh. Okay, so um, let's see here. So let me um, let me answer another question out of the um, out of the forum here real quick. And um, in the meantime, if you haven't given this video a thumbs up yet, make sure that you do. And um, just a heads up as well, you know, if you are a YouTube content creator, which I'm guessing that you are, um, I've got a bunch of useful links for you down in the description of this live stream right now. So if you're on a mobile device right next to the title, you're going to see a little down arrow. You can click that and then it'll open up that description. Um, see if there's anything down there useful for you, which I guarantee there will be on a desktop. You know, it'll it'll actually display. Then you just have to click on the see more and then you'll be good to go from there. Um, so. Let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got um, iCraftMC says they've been on YouTube for a year or more. It's a gaming channel. The goal of the channel says I want to entertain and inform people about Minecraft in a style that is not common to the platform anymore and make money in the process. So this person here, um, it looks like uh, iCraftMC wants to do exactly what I was just talking about. <laughs> so um, says, how can I grow my channel past the YouTube shorts growth and what types of videos will do well without just copying the same annoying videos everyone else is making? If you enjoy Minecraft so much that you're wanting to make YouTube videos about it, then you already know the answer to that question. What you have to do here is you have to look into yourself and you have to think like, why do I enjoy Minecraft so much that I'm wanting to make YouTube videos about it? Um, when it comes to Minecraft, what things do I love about it that I can share? Um, if I'm doing gameplay type stuff, like what things can I do that would be really interesting to me um, that other people aren't currently doing? Um, and then, of course, you want to also go and look and see what people are looking for around Minecraft. So you can use that as doorways into your channel as well. So the idea is I'm going to put out this content just because I, I know that people will like it because, you know, I love this, you know, particular thing about Minecraft. So I want to make this video and you put that one out there. But then the the option of, you know, looking for things that people are making videos about. The reason that's valuable is because when you can prove through, uh, you know, using TubeBuddy or just simply going to YouTube search and typing in whatever it is that you're considering making a video about in Minecraft, um, it's going to, you know, spit back a bunch of information to you, letting you know these are things people are looking for. If you, um, you know, make content around those things, then you can use those as actual doorways into your channel as well. So then you have some content that you're putting out because you know people will love it. Um, and, and if you can do that, at a rate to where you publish it and people really respond to it, then you don't need to do the, you know, the, the doorways or that you, know, you don't need to worry about search. But if you are trying to balance it, like, hey, I'm trying to get better at this, but in the meantime, I'm going to make sure that I'm putting out some, you know, search-based content around things that people are looking for, then in that way, you're taking advantage of, you know, the search traffic, plus you're also taking advantage of the recommendation traffic as well. So what I recommend that you do 
is just dig inside of yourself in terms of, you know, like what things do I really love about Minecraft? Why is it that I'm so passionate about this that I want to make videos about it for YouTube? Like when I'm, you know, not making videos for YouTube or I'm not playing Minecraft, what about Minecraft am I thinking about? You know, like those types of things and then start making content around those. That's that's how you end up being original, right? Is you have the stuff that you make for because you know people will like it, and then you have the stuff that you make like, yeah, people, you know, people will really dig this because this is something that I would find really cool, right? And then you just keep experimenting with that. Triathlon tips with Coach John says, "Thank you for calling out my sport. <laughs> we'll hit 500 subs this week. Thanks. Congratulations to you. High five. Fist bump to you on 500 subscribers. Andrea Billy plays. What is up? Hope that you are doing." Fantastic. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Next up on our list. Next up on our list. By the way, if you got a YouTuber buddy, um, do me a solid. If you would uh, share this uh, live stream with him, get him in here, hanging out, enjoying, listening to some YouTube-related information. Okay, question is, it's a gaming channel. Goal, reach high watch time. The question, how can I make gaming videos to generate high watch time and make thumbnails attractive for mobile gaming? So when it comes to making thumbnails that are attractive for mobile gaming, one of the first things that I recommend that you do is look around your space. There's clues everywhere. If you make content that other people are making content about, there's clues in terms of, um, you know, like what do their thumbnails look like? How are they structuring their titles? What words are they using in their titles? How, how are they actually putting those words in certain orders in their titles in a way to help people, you know, identify that content? Um, when their videos start, what is it that they're doing? As their videos are progressing, what is it that they're doing? How often are they cutting? What type of music are they using? That kind of stuff. You kind of use that information as like a guide of sorts to where it's like, hey, this is what other people are doing that, that's working for them. If it's not working for them, then of course you don't want to take that, you know, you don't want to use that example. But, you know, for the channels to where, you know, they're doing well, you want to just analyze the heck out of those channels and try to uncover, you know, what it is that's working for them. And then of course you can use some of that as inspiration for, for your stuff in terms of like, okay, um, you know, this channel, they focus really hard on, you know, this particular imagery for this game. Um, and they're not using, you know, hardly any text at all, or they're not using any text. Therefore, I'm going to do something similar. Where I'm going to take a character or two out of this particular game. And I'm going to highlight that character. I'm not going to worry about text on there. Maybe I'll put a logo of the particular game, focus on the character. Maybe I'll have, you know, some colors or some textures or something that kind of helps it stand out against the other ones. And then that will be my thing. Maybe I'll just do the same exact, uh, you know, thing to where instead of having, instead of having, uh, you know, uh, instead of having, you know, like, let's say it was like Call of Duty or something. Then in that case, you know, you could have one to where it's just like one of the, uh, you know, one of the dudes in the game. And then uh, you would have that person cut out. Let's say that you had the image still in the background, but you put some type of like color layer over it or something like that to just kind of help it stand out a little bit more against, you know, some of the other ones that are there, which other people do that sort of thing as well. Um, but, you know, you, you just want to dig in and try to see one, what's working for other people Two, how can you put your own unique twist on, um, on what it is that they're doing? Because there's clues all over the place in terms of, you know, what people are doing um, that that that, you know, that you can use as as inspiration in order to uh, make sure that you are doing something that might be something that is going to help you end up, you know, getting um, getting attention. Alex Gear and Tech says, hey, Nick, don't have a question today. Just say a big thank you for sharing so much knowledge. By applying your tips, I managed to cross a million views. Alex Gear and Tech, man, high five, fist bump to you. Nice work on a million views. It's crazy, isn't it? Like when you think about it, but it's like, man, a million views. It's like, um, like when you think about a million views, it's like a million people. <laughs> a million people have like went through that video. They've seen your face. They've heard your voice. They've experienced your creativity turned into reality through your video content. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just crazy to think about. Like when it's like, you know, a million views. 
that's uh, awesome, man. Nice work on that. Um, let's see here. So uh, let's see here as we keep on going through this list. Oh, hey, another thing too on the watch time thing for the for the gaming channel here on the uh, high watch time. So when it comes to the the, the high watch time um, as well, what you want to think about Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, my man? I uh, I saw on your live stream on Viper Live, I saw your Nimanati shirt, dude. I, I left a comment on your uh, on your video. So um, um, I was like, you know, hey, thanks. I was like, hey, dig the shirt, bro, or something like that. <laughs> but I was I was going through and I saw the thumbnail and I was like, yeah, my man Viper representing. Love it. Um, but like uh, on the watch time thing, what you want to do is YouTube shows us. And if you're making content like on your phone, because you mentioned mobile gaming. So that that kind of makes me think that it's possible that you might not be uh, that you might not be using a computer for all this stuff. If that's the case, you want to make sure that you go um, that you use Google Chrome and then you go into the um, you go to studio dot youtube.com um, on your mobile phone and you make sure that you're in desktop mode and then that's going to open up a lot of youtube analytics for you but the thing that i want you to look at is i want you to click on you know any of your recent videos and then youtube is going to show you in the analytics for that recent video they're going to show you um, a, a graph that graph is called an audience retention excuse me it's called an audience retention report what that audience re retention report does is it shows you a second by second report of how people are responding to your videos. Now, if you're using chapter, excuse me, whew, if you're using chapters, you're going to see people like skipping, you know, through some of those and all that. And that's okay. Um, but the things you want to look for is you want to look for like mass exits. You want to look for big drops in the beginning, that kind of stuff. Um, you want to look for, you know, people leaving, you know, at the, at the end of the video before they have an option to click on end screens, that kind of stuff. But you basically want to want to follow your streams through that audience or not your streams, but your videos through those audience retention reports. And you want to take notes on it. You want to say, okay, this is what was happening in this video. When people started leaving here, this is what was happening in the video here. Am I cutting too fast? Am I cutting too slow? Like, what is it that I think could be making people leave here? And then you test those theories with new content that you put out. And then you just keep renting and repeating that process until you get your videos to a competitive level or to an excellent level to where they start performing much better on the um, much better on the platform. Um, let's see here. Oh, you have a PC. Okay. So he says you're answering mine. I have a PC. Okay. Then um, if you have a PC, just go into your YouTube studio then um, and go into your analytics for each individual video and start looking for those problem areas. That by itself is going to help you be able to um, help you be able to understand why people are leaving your videos and how people are responding to what it is that you're doing so that you can make adjustments that will help you um, learn how to keep people watching for a longer period of time. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we have John Hogel Beats. All right, we've got somebody making beats in here. That's what I'm talking about. Says um, it's a lo-fi beat channel. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm actually going to open this up here in another window so i can look at it later because i love you can probably hear i have epidemic sound playing right now and i've got like lo-fi playing like right now um in the background through epidemic sound first off just a heads up on start using custom thumbnails um start using custom thumbnails to help the lo-fi crowd identify that your content's lo-fi of course you have it in your um of course you have it in your title however you know your title start with like free for profit and like stuff like that um and then yeah, I, I, you definitely start um, working on your thumbnails. But anyway, um, it's a lo-fi beat channel. The goal of the channel is to help people relax and give them copyright-free music to use. And the question is, recently I've been feeling somewhat burned or burned, blah, 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 bored or burned out on YouTube videos. I want to try taking a break or reducing my upload schedule to give me more time to work on projects, other projects, um, or even try starting a new channel. But I'm really worried about possibly losing subscribers by doing so. Is there any way to do this without 
completely ruining my channel or do I just have to take the risk? So it's okay to take breaks on YouTube. You don't want to take breaks for too long or too often um, because if you do, then um, depending on how you're getting traffic for your channel, like if you're not uploading a lot, then your browse traffic or your general recommendation traffic will typically go down. Um, if you have a search-based channel, then it's it's pretty easy to take breaks because then in that case, search traffic is typically pretty consistent. Um, so like if you look in your analytics, for example, you'll see search traffic, you know, typically, you know, uh, relatively, you know, a little bumpy, but you know, it'll be kind of like this. And then you'll see, you know, recommendation, let's say it's, if it's browse traffic, um, then you'll see it'll be like this. And then like this, you know, it's pretty extreme, you know, up and down. And then, you know, for suggested traffic, same exact thing to where it'll be, you know, a little bit more consistent. Um, but, um, but search is like a rock solid consistent thing. But in your case, um, I would definitely, you're already doing this, you're going after like the tight beat thing. Um, but I do want to let you know that um, when you are putting this content out there. I don't know if you're doing this um, yourself or if you are getting these from somebody else, but if you're doing these yourself, just as a heads up, like, you know, you have to, you have to make sure that, that the stuff that you're putting out is awesome. And I'm guessing it is, you know, like lo-fi is pretty cool stuff. Um, but I'm guessing that the stuff that you're putting out um, is awesome, but you have to make sure that it's awesome. Um, but one thing that I would definitely do in your case, hold on really quick. As long as you call me a video song, DM me if you have any questions or files. Okay. So, um, um, so in terms of your break, let's just go back to that because you weren't wanting like tips on your channel. Okay. So when it comes to your break, what you, what you want to make sure that you do is that you, you know, just don't go for too long. So take your break. Um, if you can, like, let's say you normally upload like, you know, once per week, if you upload once per week, typically, then in that case, um, you know, just scale it back to two weeks for a little bit, work on your other stuff you know, come back um, and and take that approach instead of taking, you know, a much longer break or, you know, just kind of getting inconsistent overall because then that can end up hurting you um, in other sources. Um, let's see here. Oh, you can't hear it. I can never hear Nick's background music, but I think it's because of my hearing. Doug can't hear it either. Let me, let me bump this up a notch. Let me know if you can hear it now, Doug. If somebody's wearing headphones, they can probably hear it. But, uh, but I've got it. Uh, I just turned it up there a little bit. Okay, so um, let's see here. Next up on our list is, um, let's see here. And this is question number eight so far. We have um, Elite Wolf. Elite Wolf says they do content on their iPhone. It's a gaming channel. And the goal of the channel is to entertain people and hope that I get 1,000 subscribers one day. And the question, my question is, um, how do you get better at editing? Because I use my phone to edit and it's kind of bad. So what you do to get better at editing is you edit a lot. Right. So when it comes to um, Raphael Games, what's up? Hope you're doing great. Um, when you are uh, when you are publishing videos to YouTube, when it comes to editing, right, um, you are going to edit a ton of videos. As long as you're paying attention, then what's going to happen is as you're editing videos, you're going to start seeing it to where, you know, when you first start making YouTube videos, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on that you don't even see it you don't know to look for it yet. <laughs> so you're not even going to see it. Um, so you're going to be watching it. You're going to be like, you know, huh, this, this just, this just doesn't feel like a lot of videos out there. Right. But then later you'll figure out why. Right. But basically like when you first get started, just, just make content so that you can practice editing. Even if it's stuff you don't put up on YouTube, just make stuff a lot um, so that you can, you know, start to get familiar with all the different tools and the apps that you're using, stuff like that. Um, so that you can, you know, develop that skill over time. But what, what I recommend is whatever app it is that you have, I would watch every video that you can find on that app um, for every different feature of that app so you can fully know how to use everything within that app so that you can make sure that you're using it to its full potential. Um, in addition to that, I would make sure that the app that you are using is also a full functioning app in terms of, um, there's a lot of, you know, like, um, uh, 
just kind of lower end editing apps out there um, that they're just not that great. And they don't have a lot of options and they're clunky and they're hard to navigate and all that stuff. And there's some really good apps, um, you know, like Video Leap is good. KineMaster is good. LumaFusion is good. Um, you know, PowerDirector is good. Um, you know, those types of apps to where, you know, you can make really good videos um, and, and, you, and you're still just doing it on your phone. Um, so because of that, I would just make I would make a lot of videos and I would really get familiar with the software. I would also watch videos on video editing. Um, even if you're doing your edits on a phone, if you watch videos on editing, then in that case, you're still going to start uncovering concepts. Um, you're going to start understanding like what the different cuts are. You're going to start understanding like sound and sound design and like how to processing your audio. I'm not sure if you can do that on a phone or not. I'm sure you can. Um, but, uh, but you know, you'll start, you know, you'll start learning or understanding, I should say, um, how to better edit your videos. Um, Electro Mitch Gaming is the next one here on the list says they do Minecraft gaming. Man, it's like a Minecraft day. Like, I don't know what's going on. I need to turn this thing in the background to like my Minecraft scenery, I think. <laughs> the goal of the channel says, I enjoy making the videos. I want to ent entertain other Minecraft players. The question, I'm struggling for people to click on the video and most of my viewers don't stay for long. How can I gain more views or mainly increase my audience retention? So when it comes to increasing your audience retention, if you notice already that your viewers don't stay long, what you have to do is you have to start experimenting with getting different things in order to get them to stay long. So for example, you know, when your video first starts, what's happening? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? Um, why should they stay through that first 15 seconds, right? Um, what are you doing in that first 15 seconds? Are when the video first starts, are you trying to get them to do a bunch of stuff, trying to tell them to subscribe to the channel and all that? Or are you, you know, trying to build up a story and explain to them the reason that this video might be important for them or the reason that they might want to stick around for this video? Um, or when the video first starts, are you just getting right into the content that you promised when they clicked on it? So one thing to make sure that you're keeping in mind, you know, when you're publishing YouTube videos is your content. It's, it's what, what it does is, is it creates from the outside your packaging of your content, um, your topic title and thumbnail. It creates an expectation for what somebody's going to get on the inside. So because of that, you have to make sure when you're putting your your topic title and thumbnail together that you think to yourself like, okay, when I'm making this video, then in that case, I need to make sure that whatever expectation that I'm predicting that I'm building here from the outside, I need to make sure that I'm delivering on that when my video first starts and I need to make sure that I'm continuing to bring people through my content from there. Um, and you have to make sure that you're thinking that way because then when people do click, it's a great match. And then it's kind of a fluid experience for them instead of them clicking. And then they get hit with all this other stuff that has no relevance to anything that they're expecting. And then, you know, they'll end up leaving the video because of that. Um, so when it comes to, um, you know, not getting people to click, experiment with tons of different thumbnails. You have the way that you're doing it now that's not working. That way that's not working, scrap it, right? It's not working. Like, don't do it anymore. So like if you normally do thumbnails in a certain way and you normally do tiles in a certain way, don't do it anymore. Just stop. Stop doing it that way and start experimenting with different things. So for example, let's say you normally, you know, put thumbnails out and they're like this color and you have like this structure and you have it all put together to where it like looks cool. Start doing something else. Try basic stuff. Try stuff that, you know, is just like way more in depth in terms of, you know, how you put the thumbnail together. Try, you know, just a screenshot of the game with like, you know, Minecraft tutorial text going across the front of it, you know, like that kind of stuff or Minecraft gameplay. Like try everything that you can think of for your thumbnails. And eventually by doing that, you'll uncover like, hey, when I do this, it seems like people click on this more um, versus when I do all these other things, people aren't clicking on it a lot. So, you know, one thing that we all have to do, I'm doing it right now. 
Like I spent, I spent hours um, the other day um, just going through and, and I took four videos and I went through and I just re-optimized those videos. And in the process, you know, I like, there's like research involved where you're going, you're looking at other, you know, content that's similar. And then you're, you know, you make, you know, a few different thumbnails so that you can pick, you know, the best one that you think is the best for, you know, for the change. Um, and then you also, you know, make another title that goes with that. And then you have to write out a bunch of different titles, you know, for the ones that, you know, are a good fit for that. And you have to think through some of the stuff that I'm talking about now in terms of my original packaging. I thought it was good. People aren't responding to it. Like I thought they would. So this change that I make, I need to make sure that I'm that I'm looking at it through fresh eyes, right? I need to make sure that I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking like that I'm not just repackaging the same idea. I need to, you know, watch the video or, or parts of the video. Um, and I need to see what exactly it is that I'm saying when the video starts to make sure that, you know, that what it is that I'm building up from the outside is being delivered um, through the content, you know, once they actually come in and click on it. So, you know, some of this stuff is time consuming um, and some of it, you know, you can you can do it quickly. Um, it just kind of, you know, depends on what it is that you're doing and the problem that you're trying to solve. But, you know, in your case, if you're trying to get people to click on the video more and you're trying to get people to stay longer. That comes down to you learning how to write better titles, come up with better topics and make better thumbnails. Um, and when it comes to getting people to stay in the video for a longer period of time, that is you going into your YouTube um, audience retention reports um, in your YouTube analytics and, um, and, and, and looking for problem areas in your videos and then thinking to yourself, do I need to make my videos shorter? Do I need to make them tighter in terms of cutting out more space in the middle? Do I need to build it up a little bit more in the beginning? Like what exactly, you know, can I experiment with here? And I'm going to try everything in order to figure out, you know, what my audience responds to. That's the approach that you want to take. Um, let's see here. T Mad TV says Super over a thousand here. Thanks. Um, congratulations. Says um, I use a PC to live stream and editing with Kinemaster Pro for my phone. Any software suggestions that are similar to Kinemaster? Also, Epidemic Sound is worth the subscription. Yeah, it is. Epidemic Sound's awesome. Um, so, in terms like you currently use Kinemaster and you are going to the PC. So, if you are. Um, any software suggestions that are similar to Kinemaster? So if you're wanting to edit on your on your PC, um, I recommend, uh, these. Are, this is my list. Camtasia, if you're also gonna be doing screen recording because it works as a screen recorder and a video editor. Um, Premiere Pro, if you're gonna be doing like, you know, like really in-depth stuff, color grading, you know, that kind of stuff, um, sound design, you know, those sorts of things, then go with Premiere Pro. Um, if you're just wanting uh, to, uh, really, either one of those will do the trick. Um, with um, both of them, um, Adobe is a subscription. Camtasia is a one-off um, fee. But then there's other options too. Like you have like Filmora that you could play with. I think they have free trials. I know Camtasia has a trial. Um, Adobe also has a trial. Um, you can also experiment with um, uh, Vegas as well, Vegas Pro. Um, that's also, you know, um, that I actually started on Vegas Pro. It's not until recently that I started using Premiere more. So uh, when you are, uh, you know, when you're looking for that, you know, for the different software, I recommend that you just install some trials and see what kind of feels intuitive to you. And you also make sure that it's going to be able to fulfill what you think that you're going to need long term. So, for example, what I mean by that is like when you're just getting started, you know, you might be like, man, I would love for my videos to be able to do this kind of stuff, but I just don't know how to do it yet. Um, you want to look for software that's going to help you be able to do that as you start learning the software more and more. Right. That's ultimately what it is that you want to look for. Um, let's see here. Club fillers. Super chat. says I've had four IRL videos removed from my channel because of trolls making false privacy complaints. Any advice, Nick? So if they're IRL videos to where you are like walking past places and there's music playing, um, then in that case, like those are actually all oh, it's not, it's not, um, cop copyright. It's actually privacy. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, so if they're going after like privacy, like you're putting them on blast, so to speak, um, then in that case, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of at a loss there. So like, for example, if you're highlighting somebody in your video, if they're just like walking by in the background, then you should be able to dispute that. Um, but you know, technically if people are appearing in your videos and you want to make sure that you're okay, um, then, you know, getting them to sign a model release is definitely something that you want to, um, that you want to consider. But if they're just like in passing to where they're like a little bit blurred out in the background, stuff like that, I, if it was me, I would dispute those. Um, but, uh, but you know, some people, you know, some people are weird. So it depends on where you're making content. Like for example, you know, I'm in Asia. There's a lot of places in Asia that a lot of people probably don't want their videos being, you know, they're, they're, you know, they don't want themselves showing up on video in some of those places. <laughs> so because of that, you know, if, if you're making videos around those types of places, then in that case, you know, um, I would, you know, I would just try to, you know, respect, you know, people's privacy more. But, um, but if people are just doing it for the sake of trolling, then yeah, you're, you're kind of at a loss at that one. The only thing that you can do there is try to dispute those. Ethan, one, two, three. Super chat. Thank you for the uh, super sticker there. I appreciate it. Okay, so um, let's see here. Next up on our list, um, and we're still going through the form here. Um, next up, we have My Vivid Life. And My Vivid Life says they do 40 plus lifestyle, health, and wellness content. The goal of the channel is to get in front of um, more 40 plus men and women eyeballs. Question, um, how can I get more unsubscribed people watching my live when I only have 169 subscribers? Um, what you want to do is you want to optimize your your live streams just like you do video content. If you look at my channel, my live streams, I typically take the easy way, which is I just have a template that I use, helps people, you know, recognize that it's the live stream so they know to come in here. But I've heard, if I wanted to level it up and, it, you know, because this is more for the community, right? This is for people that are watching my videos, that kind of stuff. So it's not that big of a deal. But if I wanted to level it up and I was like, hey, I'm trying to grow my channel from this, then in that case, I would make custom thumbnails for every live stream and I would package everything just like it was a piece of video content so that as people see it live, then, you know, it's unique every single time. Um, so then that way, my likelihood of bringing them on a replay is higher my likelihood of them just responding to it um you know might be higher as well um based around you know the thumbnail and all that um so you know because of that just make sure that you're packaging everything in terms of topic what it is that you're going to be talking about in your live stream um the thumbnail and the title from the outside when your live stream is actually going on make sure that you're staying on topic too like if you're like hey this is the, what we're going to be talking about today make sure that that's what you are talking about today and as a heads up um I don't know exactly what it is that you're doing in your channel, but one thing that I want you to consider as well, just as a quick side tip, is um, as you say here, um, that your goal is to get in front of more 40 plus men and women eyeballs. Um, I recommend, of course, do do you know do whatever, um, but I recommend if it was my channel, I would go after 40 plus men or women. And the reason that I would do that is because it would give me an endless amount of content to be able to make versus that would be just a, a laser fit for that audience, right? And the reason that that's important is because let's say that you make a video about, um, you know, like something, you know, that would be related to men. And then you have half of your audience that's women. Well, they're not going to respond to that video that's for men because they're women, right? Some people will. That'll come in just because they like to hear you talk about stuff. Um, but, you know, at scale, you know, like um, if YouTube's trying to, you know, show your content to new viewers and all of that, if you are, you know, mixing your audience like that um, and you're and you have like, hey, these are tips for men, these are tips for women, then in that case, you know, you can put yourself in a situation where half of your content um, isn't a good fit for the other half of the audience. So because of that, um, you know, if you can focus in and just say, hey, I'm trying to reach, you know, this very specific person, then in that case, you know, that'll help you be able to really serve that particular audience. And that makes every piece of content on your, rel uh, on your channel relevant to that audience as well. Um, let's see here. Do -do 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 -do. 
Okay, so um, follow-up here says, um, my original intent was women. However, I have 81% more men who watch. Okay, yeah, then in that case, you know, considering that as well. So, you know, I would look into the content that you've put out and try to think to yourself, like, okay, um, if my original intent was women, what content is bringing all these guys in here? Um, you know, if I'm trying to get in front of more 40-plus women, then I need to, and I've gotten in front of, you know, 40-plus guys, then I need to, you know, kind of pivot a little bit with the content that I'm putting out, maybe in the titles and thumbnails, start specifically calling out women. Um, you'll have a little bit of a growing pain there because then the guys aren't going to be responding to it. But if you, you know, make the whole thing to wearing your titles and everything, um, like everything about the content um, is like, hey, this is clearly for women. Um, then in that case, you know, you will start getting in front of, you know, a lot more women in that case. So if it's been general, you know, like advice for, you know, 40 plus year olds, then in that case, you know, you'll end up in situations like that. But if you're trying to, you know, like hone in on an audience, then start making content that literally calls them out. And in, in that situation where you're making lifestyle, health and wellness content, um, really easy to do because you can literally say, you know, for, you know, 40 plus women for 40 plus, you know, if you decide to stay on the, on the route with the guys, um, you know, for 40 plus men like that type of thing. Uh, let's see here. Next up on our list. And if you haven't yet, if you're enjoying the stream so far, make sure you give it a thumbs up, by the way. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. I keep seeing your comment here, Neil. I keep giggling to myself. Okay, so next up on our list here, we've got um, Stacy Renee. Stacy Renee says um, they're not sure yet on the type of channel, so they're just getting started. The goal of the channel is education for subscribers and being my own boss. Um, question, do you need all the fancy equipment you have on your desk to have a good YouTube channel that looks polished and professional? No, absolutely you do not. Um, the reason I do this is because I, I enjoy tech. Like I enjoy this type of stuff. I enjoy, you know, trying to make stuff look cool, trying to have all the, you know, extra, you know, camera views and all that stuff. I just think it's fun. So like I enjoy putting stuff like this together. Um, when, uh, when it comes to like what you need, all you need is something that can record you. Um, and, and have like a decent quality, right? So like this camera, for example, the one that you're seeing right here, this camera is enough. Um, your phone is most likely, if you have like one of the new iPhones, that's most likely enough. Um, the other thing that I recommend is that you also make sure that you have some type of audio device so that you have, you know, a microphone that you have plugged into your camera or a microphone that you have plugged into your phone, that something that you can, you know, get a little bit closer to you and help your audio quality be better. Those two things by themselves will go far enough if you have natural lighting, a lot, an abundance of natural lighting in your place. So like, let's say, for example, if you're making videos in your office, you go by the windows and you make the videos there. If you make them in your home, you go by like the biggest window in your place and then you let the light hit you from there so that your phone can pick you up and you know pick up all the details and all of that um, so that you can make sure that you are... Um, that you are, uh, you know, making the image look as good as you can with what it is that you have. There's apps that you can use if you take the phone route, um, like Filmic Pro, for example. Um, it, it allows you to manually adjust everything about your about your iPhone or your Android camera. So, you know, so you don't need all of this stuff. I do this just because I enjoy it. Um, but at the end of the day, you just need something that can record and something that will help you through that recording process that will um, make your audio sound better. Um, that's what you need. Um, when it comes to, you know, all this extra stuff, it's just extra stuff, right? So like, for example, um, like this here is the switcher for the live stream. This here is for editing. This has nothing to do with videos. Um, I mean, in making videos, this is for editing. This is also for like Photoshop, um, uh, for, you know, any anything that I use, any software that I use on my computer, I can assign this to it. Um, this right here is for triggering this. So I have a projector over there that shoots into this background. So this thing right here 
is just for triggering the different scenes for that. So when somebody super chats, then, you know, it changes to that. If somebody becomes a member, it changes to that. Um, and then this one here is another one that is not needed. Um, but I have this one. It's just kind of like a quick launch. I use it just to kind of turn my lights on and off, you know, like that kind of stuff. I've also got additional sound effects in here. Um, but you know, that's not needed. And, um, this right here is also not needed. So for the live stream, I could, just have like a like a really simple interface and then plug the microphone into that and have it go into my computer. But because I have guests on, because I have super sound effects, you know, like that kind of stuff, um, um, I have this box. And then in addition to that, this also processes my audio on the fly. So since I'm live streaming, then, you know, if I want my audio to be nice and crisp and relatively consistent, you know, all that good stuff, um, then this helps me, you know, make that happen. But it's not required in any way, shape or form, especially if you're making video content. If you're making video content, you just need something to record you, something to pick up your audio. That's it. Um, that to level that up, if you're indoors making content, if you don't have that abundance of natural light coming in from a window or something, then in that case, um, you know, get picking up some like a hundred dollar softbox kit off of Amazon. Um, we'll do the trick for you. So just a heads up too, by the way, um, like I have a video on my YouTube channel for any of you that do everything on your phone. Um, if you, you know, if you're, if you're like, man, you know, I need all this fancy stuff. Um, I've got a video on my, on my channel, um, of a guy, um, his name's Chris, um, but of a guy that crossed a hundred thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel, um, just using his phone, no microphone, nothing, just using his phone, running around, running around Bangkok. So, um, so, so, you know, the possibility is there, Mr. Beast, he got like a hundred or 200,000 subscribers on his channel before, um, before he, um, before he upgraded his gear. So all the fancy stuff is not needed, but once you get into it, you might find that, you know what I mean? You might find like, yeah, you know what? I like some of this fancy stuff. Um, cause it is fun. Cause then you can like dial in the look, you can make everything, you know, look a certain way. I was actually tinkering with it last minute before the stream started. And you can see here, it's driving me crazy when I look over here, but like you can see here, the amount of space that I have here, oops, the amount of space that I have here between that edge and the amount of space that I have here um, is off. It's not driving me crazy, but I'm like, oh man, that needs to be better. But the way that I have this all locked in, it's just kind of, I'm kind of stuck right now. So I'll fix it after the stream. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, let's get back on track here. So the next question that we have um, is from MRC Builds. MRC Builds has a Samsung. Um, the type of channel is automotive how-to. The goal of the channel is to make money. And the question is, what program can I use for animation, moving graphics, charts to insert into my videos? Um, so you can do that in Adobe Premiere if you use um, MOGRT files. MOGRT files are basically um, graphics that you can customize within Adobe Premiere. Um, we have those inside of tubertools.com. Um, you'll see if you follow the um, uh, use tubertools Twitter account. Um, basically, like when we're doing updates now, I'm, I'm you know, just kind of tweeting those out. You'll see them show up on my feed, you know, from time to time as well. It's tubertools.com, by the way, for video graphics, if anybody wants any of that stuff. Um, but basically, the um, uh, uh, you can use that for it. Um, and then if you want to get really complex, um, then you can go into After Effects. But a thing that people don't know, or a lot of people don't know, is you can also do a lot of animations within um, PowerPoint. So the thing with PowerPoint is you can actually do some of the animations. It's really easy to input the data for the different charts and all that. And then you can export those as, as clips. So you can export it out as like an MP4, and then you can import it back into your video to use as B-roll. Um, so you can do that inside of uh, PowerPoint as well. Uh, let's see here. So as we keep on going through the list, we've got um, Unseen Thailand in Chiang Mai. Awesome. 
got a neighbor in here. Um, the type of channel street walking. The goal of the channel is to enjoy myself in my spare time. Question, why is it that I have one video YouTube runs off with and promotes real well? I do another a month um, or so later using similar titles, keywords, and thumbnail. YouTube doesn't promote it like the other ones. So this is a common misconception um, from YouTube content creators. So when it comes to YouTube, how the system actually works is there is um, what content creators typically talk about, which is, you know, hey, I publish a video and YouTube promotes that video. It's not how it works. Um, how it actually works, according to um, people from the search and discovery team that I've talked to at YouTube, how it actually works is when you publish a, a video on YouTube, um, the system is looking for the right people who the system predicts would be a good candidate for that content at that point in time. Then YouTube shows it to those people. It's called an impression when they show it to somebody on the platform. When they show it to that person or to those people, if they click on it and then enjoy the content, then in that case, they it's like, hey, this person got a positive experience out of this. Maybe they watched an extra video. Maybe they shared it, subscribed, whatever you know engagement they did with it. But if they detect that you know that these users that they're showing it to are having a good experience with your video, they're gonna keep showing it to people. Um, however, it works in reverse as well. So let's say that even though you might have it topically similar, even though you might've used a similar title or similar keywords, maybe even a similar thumbnail, the difference is when you published that video, for whatever reason, it could have been something in the thumbnail, it could have been you know that difference that you made in the title, it could have been you know what's actually happening in the content itself. But when you publish that next video, what happened is YouTube you know pulled that content instead of you know pushing it to show people, they pulled that content, showed it to the people that were most likely to enjoy it at that point in time, and those people didn't respond to it as high of a rate at as high of a rate as they did um, the previous video, and therefore that video doesn't end up doing as well. Now keep in mind, it's very common on YouTube that you know, you'll publish a video today, and you'll be like, oh man, this sucks, nobody's watching this video, whatever, and you know, YouTube has just showed it either to the wrong people, or just those people you know, that they happen to show it to at that point in time just weren't a great fit, and because of that, they didn't click on it, whatever, but then you might find a month down the road, three months down the road, 90 days down the road, which is three months, um, 180 days down the road, you might find that, um, that you see that video start taking off. Um, and when that happens, what happens at that point is that, um, that YouTube has basically found the right audience because they'll continue to test stuff. You'll continue to get impressions, even on videos that don't do that great. You'll continue to get impressions, but when YouTube, you know, nails it in terms of the audience based on the people that do respond to it, based on how you package it up, based on what you did in your video, um, when they do find that right audience for it, then, then, then that's where it's like, oh, okay, right audience, these people are responding to it. So therefore let's keep showing it to more people like these people. Um, and, and that's what will make videos start taking off, you know, down the road. Other things can happen as well. Like, um, for example, in your first video, it's also possible that, that, and you can see this, if you go into your YouTube analytics, if you just go into the traffic sources for that specific video that did well, you'll see exactly where the traffic's coming from. You might see it's coming from home pages. You might see you're getting a lot of traffic from search and that's why it's doing well. You might see that um, you're getting suggested, a lot of suggested views. Um, and what you can do in that case, or what happens in that case is, you know, the video that's doing well, that one could just be connected to, you know, to a handful of really good videos that are getting a lot of views. And then you're basically just able to siphon views off of that, where the other one might not be connected to similar content that is, you know, high performing. And therefore, you're not getting that trickle off on that content because you're not in the suggested of, you know, of videos that are high performing. So, you know, there's things like that that happen as well. Um, but man, 
if um, if the current thing wasn't going on, because we're having an outbreak here, as you know, but if that wasn't going on, I'd meet you for coffee, you know, and look at your stats and just kind of, you know, walk you through the whole thing. Um, but maybe we can do that. Um, maybe we can do that in the future. So um, so definitely reach out on like Twitter or something, DM or email me, whatever. And uh, and let's stay in touch so that after all this craziness is over with the outbreak that we're having, um, we can meet up for coffee and, and, and I can run down the whole thing for you and show you exactly what you need to be looking for. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, first off, I, I, a team ad TV. So I didn't, um, I didn't welcome you here. Welcome to the Niminati. So really quick, what just went down? Something just turned off. I think. No, yeah, I don't know what just happened. Oh, maybe it was the GoPro. Did that just go down? No. Okay. So, um, just really quick team ad TV. Um, uh, make sure that you go to, uh, uh, Nimmin VIP, Dot com that's going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Um, make sure that you fill out all the information on the way in. Um, Cause that's how I verify that people are a, uh, are a member. Um, let's see here. So Mike fish says, Super how do trapped. you use test channels and do you have any tips on setup and use? So when it comes to test channels, it's more about just like features, things like that. If I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, let me put something out because you know, um, like if, if, like, let's say, for example, um, you know, like I have these moments in time to where I'll have like feedback and that feedback for me will be like, you know, hey, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, people will say like, you know, hey, you know, like your YouTube channel, um, you're like it's big now. So it's easy to get views, that kind of stuff. Um, so because of that, you know, I might, you know, test putting out just like a, you know, tutorial video or something like that. Um, just make sure, you know, be like, hey, you know, make sure everything's still working the same, you know, for like a brand new channel, that kind of stuff, since I'm talking mainly to new YouTubers. Um, so that's what I'll do with test channel. Same exact thing for like YouTube shorts, as an example, to where, you know, I'll just make like a, just a blank channel. And then I'll just, you know, start uploading content to it for the sake of, you know, being able to, to test the feature on something that doesn't have an audience already. Because it's easy, like when you have, you know, when YouTube has data on the channel, everything's really easy. Um, in terms of, you know, like if I were to put, publish a short today, um, then that short would, you know, just do at least okay, like right out of the gate, right? Um, so, you know, when I do it on a new channel, um, what that does is that, you know, just helps me kind of work from scratch, so to speak. Um, and in terms of, do you have any tips on setup and use? Yeah. So in terms of like, if you're saying like testing, just, you know, experimenting with different stuff, um, then in that case, that's what I do there. But if you're talking about like your channel, like if you're like, you know, how do you test like, you know, your channel, then in that case, what you want to do is um, uh, there's a bunch of different tests that you can run. But the very first thing that you want to think of is um, is in your YouTube analytics, they have a grouping feature really powerful for running all kinds of tests. So basically with the grouping feature, I just went over this in, in our members live stream, went and showed how to set it all up and all that stuff. Um, but basically with the um, grouping feature, what you do is you start grouping content together based on the things that you want to test. So as an example, what you do is you say, okay, um, here I want to test thumbnails with faces on them versus thumbnails without faces on them and then compare click-through rates as a group to see, you know, if I can notice um, anything here that I can dig into, you know, with further testing. Um, you can also do things to where you start testing content types through your group. So let's say, for example, because um, you watch my channel, let's use this as an example, but let's say um, that I have one group that's YouTube help content, another group that is for mobile content creators, another group that is live streaming content. What I can do in groups is I can compare the live streaming content performance to the mobile content performance. I can compare them directly against each other based on grouping all those videos together. I can compare them as a content type versus looking at each individual video and then I can start pulling things like okay which one am I getting higher CPMs on which ones do I get more impressions on which ones do I typically get more views on which ones typically convert people you know as subscribers at a higher rate which ones do people typically watch longer you know like that kind of stuff and then um uh and then basically
basically based on that information that just helps you make better content, you know, decisions and helps you better understand the stuff that people respond to uh, on your YouTube channel. So, you know, the, the grouping feature is something that um, you should really use on a regular basis when it comes to your content so that you can just uncover that kind of stuff. When it comes to testing um, for your audience retention, the thing there is that you want to, um, is you like, that's mostly theory based. And, and what I mean by that is like, when you publish a video, you are going to have to come up with reasons why you think people left the video, why you think that people aren't watching the video for a longer period of time, things that you think that might make a difference when people are watching the video. And then on the next piece of content that you publish, then you start, you know, implementing some of those theories and, you know, the solutions that you have for those theories. And then you see how people respond to those. And then you kind of rinse and repeat that process. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, the, the testing side of things in a nutshell a very, very small nutshell, <laughs> but, but you can use, you know, those things, um, in terms of your, you know, the grouping, um, you can use that, um, you know, to, to uncover all kinds of crazy stuff. So like, for example, let's say in your videos, um, that you commonly, um, you know, ask people to subscribe within like the first like minute of your video. Um, one thing you can do is you can group together like, Hey, these are all the videos where I ask people to subscribe in the first minute. These are all the videos where I ask people to subscribe at the end. Um, and then you can look for things like, okay, is there like an impact um, that I can tell um, at a, you know, like, is there anything glaring at me in terms of, you know, these videos people don't watch as long, these videos people subscribe to more than these videos, those types of things. Um, you can do that. You can test calls to action in terms of the ways that you ask people to subscribe. If you connect grouping and then you can cross reference like Google UTM links, if you want to kind of go, you know, kind of high level with it, then in that case, you can also test different calls to action to try to get people to your website and then cross reference through your UTM link um, in your, uh, in your Google analytics, not your YouTube analytics, but your Google analytics, you can cross reference what it is that you're, um, that you're doing in your YouTube content versus the traffic that's coming into your YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. So hopefully that answers your question. Because I, I, I wasn't 100% sure um, if it was based on, you know, like just testing stuff, you know, just putting stuff out there or if it's testing stuff on, on your channel. So I hope I uh, hope I answered that um, okay for you. So um, let's see here. Next up on the list, we have Freedom Patriot Network. It says they upload when they have time. And um, the type of channel is sharing the truth with the world. Um, the goal of the channel is hope to learn more each time and watching help videos. Question, um, does YouTube record 72-hour live streams? Yes. Uh, or, you know what, they they record them. What's the, what's the thing? Um, so, 72 hours. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, you know what? I, I would actually have to update myself on that again because I know we... Like on Owen's stream, we stopped those at 12 so that we could get the replay out of them. So we stopped it a little bit before the 12 hour mark. Um, but I'm not sure. Um, I know that like I've done some like 24 hour live streams and stuff like that um, on like music channel on like other channels. And um, and like with those, um, uh, like once those are down, like those are down. Like, you know, I don't get anything out of those, but those run for like, you know, months or, you know, a year um, in one case. So um, so because of that, um, I'm not I'm not certain. Um, on that one. So I would, I would just go dig into like the Google help pages and see if you can, um, see if you can uncover that one. I apologize for not having the answer there. Don't know everything. <laughs> so, uh, Sheen, uh, Sheer Sheenik Taro says, um, why does YouTube keep spam account and delete real people account? Like I see so much bots yet they have time to delete real creators. It's automated. So it's not that they have time. It's just automated. So what happens 
is real content creators, they'll just get caught up to where they'll be doing some type of activity. Like for example, one of the things that happens a lot is I'm sure that everybody here has seen it in their videos. If not, you will, um, to where, you know, you'll have people in the comment section trying to get subscribers. So, so blah, blah, blah. And basically what happens there is they'll just have like the same message that they'll just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. And they'll put it in all these comments all over YouTube. And, um, and when those people are doing that, um, it's repetitive, um, unwanted content, which is also defined as spam according to YouTube. And since they are essentially spamming YouTube, then, you know, they get their accounts deleted for it. Like they're just trying to get subscribers, but they're doing it in an inappropriate way. And since they're spamming the platform, then YouTube ends up, you know, canning their channels. So, um, that's an automated thing that happens. So, um, when it comes to the bots right now, the bots that you're seeing, they're just flying under the radar, but YouTube eventually will, you know, pick up on them being bots. And they'll eventually delete those bots as well. So, um, so it's not that they have time; it's just that it's all automated. So it's 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 computers, um, essentially artificial intelligence that's actually you know looking at all this stuff and it's making those initial calls. So when it comes to the to the people to the actual content creators, um, then in that case, you know, it's it's up to the content creator to make sure that they dispute it, that they are hitting up like Team YouTube on Twitter, that kind of stuff, in order to you know to try to get it um, all under control. Um, let's see here. So Psycho Nation, hey dude. Um, so um, I have horrible news for you, by the way. So um, so basically, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the live stream that we did on um, Thursday, um, but that live stream, I actually did not hit the record button. Um, so I found that out when I went in to look to see the record, to, to upload the recording. Um, so so I, I'm gonna have to just like look at it again. Um, maybe I'll just do a screen recording looking at it and I'll just upload it into the group that way um, in order to make sure that you get that information. So thanks for bringing that up, by the way. And if you could mention that again inside of the Facebook group, um, just so that I can make that um, reply there as well. And so it's at the top of mind. So I can make sure that I do that for you this coming week. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going and running through the list, we've got Magic Flying Potato, my man. Okay. So uh, let's see here. So Magic Flying Potato says um, it's a gaming help channel, how-tos, um, help how-to and tutorial videos. The goal of the channel is to help people with survival gaming style games. Question, uh, making a thumbnail without repeating video title. I'm hitting the mental block wall when creating thumbnails and the info placed on them. I struggle with not repeating the same info um, placed on the thumbnail that is in my video title. For example, gaming title, walk through the pond lab and grounded. Now for the thumbnail, I place a picture um, of the pond lab and place pond lab in the text of the thumbnail, which I've been learning more and more that the wording should be different than the title, how to get past the hurdle of not repeating title in the thumbnail. Okay, so there's a difference in repeating the title versus just putting some focus words. So in that case, if Pond Lab, because I'm not sure what that is, I don't play that game, but like um, if if Pond Lab is the, is the thing, um, in terms of the words that you're gonna use in your thumbnail, it's gonna help the viewer potentially identify that that's something that, that they might be interested in, then in that case, just using those two words, perfectly okay because your title is actually you know more in depth about like what exactly it is that you're doing with pond lab um so because of that like just using you know like the two words that's perfectly fine um the idea with using the same title is like for example if you're like you know pond uh let's see here uh like walk through for the pond lab and grounded right if that's your title and then you have in your thumbnail walk through for the pond lab and grounded like that's where the problem has now or problem comes in now of course and this is for everybody. When it comes to your titles and thumbnails, thumbnails, it's important to make sure that you remember that they work together. So, you know, like the thumbnail grabs their attention in some in some cases it caused people to actually click right there in the spot, but often 
um, the cases where, you know, it'll grab their attention, but then they might drop down and see the title. And then the title is going to be the thing that pulls them over. So what you want to think of in the thumbnail, when you're doing that is you want to think, okay, the text that I'm putting in the thumbnail, this is basically just to help them identify that this is something that they care about or bring attention to something that's in the imagery of the thumbnail that they might care about. Um, and then you want to um, just make sure that that particular, you know, word or phrase, or I won't even say phrase because you want to keep it as short as possible, but that, that particular, you know, two words that you're using um, is the words that will help them identify that it's for them. So like, for example, if um, grounded is the name of the game, then grounded might be the thing that you want to use or just experiment with. Like try one thumbnail with Pond Lab, try another one with grounded. And, you know, with a little arrow going down to something that you're showing, uh, maybe it's the Pond Lab. I'm not sure how that's expressed through the imagery, um, but basically do that kind of stuff and then test it and see, you know, which one of these is grabbing, you know, the attention for the people that you're trying to reach. But that's the thing that you want to that's the thing you want to think about with the thumbnails. Uh, let's see here. Coin Crew. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Says, um, been on YouTube for one year now, um, and we do coins. Uh, listen to you when I can. I've gotten a lot of help from your videos. Thank you so much, and keep on keeping on. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the super chat, and I'm glad that you are um, enjoying your time on YouTube as a content creator. Next up on our list, super chat. we have Lowkey Bree. Says, um, how can you grow a unique and not too popular channel? Um, I collect random early 2000s, late 90s collectible items and toys. Also, is there a right way to go about reaction videos without getting copywritten? Okay, so um, so two questions in that one. So the very first one in terms of um, growing a, a unique or not too popular channel. Unique is one thing, not too popular is another thing. Now, when it comes to not too popular, the problem with that is that you are going to have like a limited market, right? So like, for example, if I had an entire YouTube channel about, it's pretty hard to be, to come up with things that aren't like popular in some way. But like, if I were to, if I were to make an entire YouTube channel on, no, caffeinated coffee wouldn't do it either. Um, on, I don't know. If, if I were to do a YouTube channel on something that wasn't popular, then in that case, I'm limiting myself right out of the gate because you, because the thing that I'm making content about is something that people at scale are not interested in. So I have to either one, find a way to make it interesting to where, um, to where find a way to make it interesting and build some type of bridge between what it is that you're talking about and other things that people are interested in, which is kind of a really difficult thing to do. Um, but you have that approach, um, which I wouldn't take. Um, but then you have the, the uh, what was the other the other side of that? Uh, and then you have the, the unique. Now, if it's unique, then in that case, if it's unique and not too popular, then you're still kind of right in that same boat. But if it's just unique by itself, then in that case, you want to try to include things that people are interested in at scale to help you bring attention to what it is that you're doing. One way to do that is like pop culture references or just making content around things that are trending. But you use those trending things or those pop culture references in a way that complements what it is that you're doing. Um, that's one way. Now, in terms of the getting around reaction videos, and reaction videos is actually a great way to do that as well. Um, but when it comes to getting around um, copyright with reaction videos, um, there isn't really a right way to go about it outside of making sure that the way that you are doing it falls under fair use. And even with fair use, just as a heads up, um, that's more of a defense, right? So, um, so you have to make sure that if you're going to be doing reaction videos, that the way that you're doing those reaction videos is something that you would be able to defend or your lawyer would be able to defend in court 
in the event that things went that far. In most cases, you know, you'll just get a claim on YouTube and then they'll, you know, taking the video down or whatever. Um, you'll get either a claim or a strike in that case. But then, you know, on the other hand, you know, there have been some cases where people end up in court and things like that over the videos that they make. So, um, so in terms of the right way to do it, the best way to do it is to not use stuff that, you know, that, that is copyright protected. However, a lot of people do. A lot of people do it based around fair use. So the next step that I would take in your case, low-key Brie, is I would educate yourself on everything that you can possibly read, all the information that you can gather, all the YouTube videos that you can watch on fair use and the rules regarding fair use. Watch as many videos as you can. Don't just watch one and walk away and be like, okay, got it. Like you need to have a really deep understanding because you can get yourself into hot water if you're not doing it right. So because of that, make sure that you are, um, make sure that you are, um, you know, doing the research on fair use. And I also recommend um, to be on the safe side. Like if you're going to turn this into something, uh, you know, serious in the future, I would also, you know, bring a lawyer into it if you could pass, you know, what it is that you're doing off of a lawyer, um, like a copyright attorney and ask them, hey, is this something that you would be able to defend? Am I doing this by fair use? You know, is all of this above board in terms of, you know, me being able to defend this as fair use? Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, um, we've got Elite Wolf again. Did we do one from Elite Wolf already? Um, how to get better at editing on mobile. Yeah, we did that one already. Okay, so um, next up on our list, we've got a life with ADHD brain. Brain or Brian? Yeah, brain says uh, they do hiking content. The goal of the channel is to give good content. And the question, um, do you know why it takes so long for YouTube to process HD content? Um, it depends. Um, on, on my channel, it doesn't take that long. Um, so on their end, um, it could just be, you know, maybe you're just getting started. So, you know, because of that, you know, at that point in time, um, you know, if there's a bunch of channels uploading content at that point, that same moment, which there always is over 500 hours of videos are uploaded to YouTube every single minute, which is insane. But basically when you are uploading content, if a lot of other people are uploading at that moment in time, um, then of course their system can only, you know, process so fast with all that content. So you might just be getting caught up in that, um, in terms of, um, um, you know, like if you're uploading, let's say at like, you know, nine o'clock on a Wednesday and you keep running into that problem, try uploading at eight or, you know, 8.30 and see if um, see if it processes a little bit faster for you. Uh, let's see here. As we keep on going through the list, we've got um, the type of channel is a vlog channel documenting my journey moving to Korea for university. That's cool. Um, the goal of the channel is to take people on a journey with me and also crowdfund my um, tuition and be a full-time creator. Question, I checked my channel analytics for this week. Everything is fine. For the most part, my reach is at 45% for YouTube search this week. 32% for 28 days. I'm struggling for clarity with clarity on increasing watch time and improving storytelling in my vlogs to boost overall engagement. Any tips or advice for storytelling? I recommend that you check out the YouTube channel Story Greenlight. Um, Jeff is great at you know teaching people about stories. So I recommend that you check out that channel. He doesn't upload a lot, um, but his content is really solid in terms of helping you understand storytelling um, in terms of watch time. So watch time, if you're talking about from the video perspective, um, then in that case, you need to, you know, getting people to watch longer. Then in that case, you need to make sure that you are paying really close attention to how people are responding to your content. YouTube gives us something called an audience retention report with every single video. Every time you upload a video, once you have people start coming in and interacting with that video, start going in and looking at your audience retention reports, taking notes on all the videos that you make and learn how to get people, you know, to, to watch more based on theories that you come up with about why it is that they could be leaving. So one th one thing that's just really easy in terms of practice is to say, video starts, right? 
video starts. We're at second one. So as soon as they get past this first second and they start hearing something, seeing something, all of that, like what is it that I'm doing in this part of the video that would make this interesting, exciting, informative, um, interesting that, um, you know, for the potential viewer that would start to create some type of curiosity gap, anything like that. As we start getting into the content, let's say you're past the first 15 seconds. Um, then in that case, like, you know, what is it about this next 15 seconds that that would matter to the people that are watching? Another 15 seconds, you know, same exact thing, 30 seconds, you know, like as you're going through the video, just start thinking like, you know, is this particular part important to the viewers? Is this something that adds value to the viewer, something that adds value in terms of the story that I'm creating with this content, something that's required for the information that I'm sharing. You know, you want to think about those types of things. But the idea is just to go into your audience retention reports, look for fail points, and then and then make theories around what it is that you think could be causing people to leave those parts of the video and then um, and then experiment with future content on trying to patch those holes. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the list. Um, I want to say welcome back, uh, Roger Wakefield. What's up, welcome man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. I was, um, I sent your link to a buddy of mine uh, yesterday. He's thinking of starting a YouTube channel. And he was like, this is funny. He was like, uh, he was like, man, uh, he was like, yeah, well, I want to start a YouTube channel. And um, uh, I'm not really sure like what to make videos about. So like initially he was like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't have all the like, you know, tech and, you know, all that stuff. And I don't really want to make like tech videos. And I sent him like your videos and like a few other channels. And I was like, you know, I was like, you can just be like, you know, a person on YouTube, just sharing the stuff that you enjoy and like people, you know, respond to it if you do it well. And, um, and, and yours was one of the, uh, one of the examples that I sent over there. Um, Mike Fish. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. So make sure that you go to NimmanVIP.com, my last name with VIP attached to it.com. Um, that will redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Um, when you um, hit that page, make sure you fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify um, that you are a um, that you are a member. And uh, I'm actually going to go down to member requests here. All right. Yeah, and I might see it come in. I might be able to do this actually like while uh, while we're live here too in terms of letting you in. If not, I'll let you in after this. I'll let you in after the stream. Um, okay, so as we keep on going, um, let's see here. Next up on the list. Oh, in terms of boosting engagement too on that last question. Um, you know, boosting engagement, um, you want to make sure that you're focusing on just getting people to watch the content first, right? Like you don't want to try to do like all the stuff. I mean, you do, but you know, ultimately because all the stuff matters, but you know, ultimately the, the, the thing that matters more than anything else is getting people to click and watch your content um, for an acceptable amount of time or competitive amount of time. So because of that, um, you know, you focus on that more than anything. Once you get that to where, you know, to where it's better, come back and ask me about engagement. And, and I've got a bunch of, uh, you know, answers for you on engagement too. So um, Cooper music page, says they um, do guitar and music, the goal of the channels to be the number one stop for all things guitar, theory, lesson tips, songs, gear, and techniques. I love that you're like, number one. I want to be the number one spot. Absolutely love it. So um, the question, looking at trends and what performs well for my channel, what percent of my videos should be proven performers and what should be experimental content to find out um, to find other well-performing content? So, um, so I would just go with the old, good old-fashioned like 80-20 rule. So basically you have the 80% of the stuff that you know that works. Then you have the 20% to where you just sit there. You know, those are the experimental content that you put out. So it's like, you know, this is the core stuff that I need to continue making in order to drive the YouTube channel in order to become the number one stop for all things guitar. 
this is the stuff that's 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 paving that path for me but I need to also do other content from time to time to see if I can find those things that will, you know, kind of spike out for me, so to speak, and just overperform or that I find out that my, you know, audience just loves when I do that type of content. Um, so I would do, I would just go with the 80, 20. Um, that's just kind of like a, like a golden rule that I use. Um, and, and again, that's so that you're prioritizing the stuff that is proven to work so that you can, you know, keep everything swelling, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, the, the 20 is like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting these out there for the sake of trying to uncover, you know, new things for my audience. And then sometimes too, like if you, you know, just kind of run dry or whatever on, on some of that 20%, then you can be like, Hey, you know, for the next three months, I'm just gonna, you know, just take that 80 or slide that puppy to a hundred. And then I'm just going to deliver right for that three months. And then, you know, and then I'm going to go back into a season of, you know, experimentation. That's what I typically do um, on mine. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going through the list, okay. So next up on the list and really quick, I just want to let you know, you know, if you're enjoying the stream so far, you know, make sure that you give it a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. In addition to that, um, I do want to remind you as well, just in case you're just joining the stream, that I do have links to a bunch of useful stuff down in the video description. If you're a YouTube content creator, there's a lot of stuff down there that'll you know that'll that'll help you as a YouTuber. Um, so make sure that you check out the description um, of this live stream as well for you know other useful links down there. So um, let's see here. As we keep on going, we've got um, Turtle Wondering. That's cool. Says that they have an outdoor vlog. Um, the goal of the channel is to encourage more average folks. Um, let's see here to go outside, travel and explore their world. Most of my videos have been vlog style. Um, I've also done a few videos on traveling on a limited budget. Um, and a few planned on beginner hiking. Um, so saying I'm trying to build, um, the, the question I'm trying to build, um, and I'm struggling to come up with engaging titles. I don't want to use clickbait style and I'm really struggling to find the right combinations for a good title. I only have 44 subscribers and I believe an audience is out there, but not sure how to create titles that will help us find each other. Any ideas? Um, one thing that you can do depending on who exactly it is that you're going after, um, um, is to actually call, call people out. I call this an audience identifier. It doesn't, it doesn't apply to everything, but in some cases it does. Um, so like, for example, my audience identifier that you'll see throughout my content is YouTuber, right? Uh, you, YouTuber, new YouTuber, um, uh, you know, like in, in Roger's uh, situation, who's in here earlier, um, you know, in his case, you know, he has a lot of plumber related kind of plumber reacts to, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and in, uh, you know, there's like legal Eagle, for example, who does similar stuff. It's lawyer reacts to, you know, this type of thing. Um, then there's also, uh, you know, where you call out, uh, like iPhone users, like if you're making all content, you know, for, for iPhones, right. Where you can literally call them out as like Apple fans or, you know, like that type of thing, um, to be able to help them identify that your content is for them. But ultimately there's that in terms of the audience identifier, it's appropriate sometimes, not all the time, but, um, but then in addition to that, it's more about thinking like through the entire package, right? Like, um, in terms of the topic, you know, that this topic is appropriate for the audience you're trying to reach. Then you got to say, okay, with this thumbnail that I'm putting together, I'm not just trying to throw a bunch of stuff on there. I need to be very intentional about what it is that I'm doing here in the thumbnail. And the main thing that I need to make sure that I'm doing is helping people identify that this might be something that they're interested in. So in your case, if you're doing like outdoor related things, just focusing on things related to the video that you make. So let's say, for example, you have a video about, you know, like hiking shoes. Then in that case, instead of it being like a picture of you standing out in the middle of nowhere, it's a photo of hiking shoes, right? So like, that's what the the thing is because so then that way it helps people identify like, Hey, those are hiking shoes. You know, that kind of thing drops them down to the title where you tell them that it has something to do with hiking shoes. Right? So when it comes to the title itself though, 
what's really important to think about is that there's two different types of clickbait. They're actually Vertassium. If, if any of you, this video is in my community feed right now. And, and I really recommend um, Turtle Wondering that you go and watch this video. And it, and it, it, it highlights the importance of effective thumbnails and titles for click through and, and how big of a difference it can make. So, um, so when it comes to clickbait, you have clickbait that is misleading, right? To where it's like, you know, they're expecting something, your, your videos out, out from the outside says that it's about this, but in reality, it's about this, right? So then people come into that. They, they're, they're not happy with the content. They end up leaving quickly. They feel misled. You know, that's that type of clickbait. And then there's the other type of clickbait, which we're going to transform that into compelling. And then on that side of things, it's to where you're using your audience the things that they care about, the things that they think about, the things that they are interested in, the things that they want to know, the things that they know already that you're going to challenge them on. You use all of that type of information as a way to compel those people to be interested in what it is that you're making. So for example, you know, same exact thing. Like if you look at my content, I have a video recently. It's like, you know, four things that'll get your YouTube channel deleted, right? So when you look at that, you think, four things that'll get your YouTube channel deleted, right? And it's like, okay, well, that's that's pretty clear. I'm a YouTuber, I'm concerned here, so I'm gonna click on this. When I'm putting that title together and I'm putting that thumbnail together and I'm thinking of the words to use and I'm thinking of the words to focus on in the, in the thumbnail, I'm not thinking, how do I explain everything that's happening in this thumbnail? What I'm thinking is, how can I make a YouTuber think like, oh gosh, I have to watch this video, right? That's what I'm thinking. So the thumbnail, a little warning icon, it just says warning YouTubers. Right. So then that way it's like, uh oh, got my attention. Right. I'm a YouTuber. Like, well, what's going on? <laughs> and then you know, drop down to the title, four things that'll get your channel deleted. Don't want my channel deleted. I'm watching this video. Right. So, you know, using all the things that, you know, that, that your audience cares about um, in to, to be able to uh, connect with them is one is another way to do it. So you have the audience identifiers, you have, you know, getting at them psychologically through what it is that you're putting. And then you also have the other thing. The other thing is by simply, going to YouTube search. And this is like the low hanging fruit, the easiest thing to do. So you go to YouTube search. Let's say that you're making a video about hiking shoes. Let's say that we're doing that again, or, or in your case, cause more of your context here, as you said, uh, you know, encourage more average folks, especially people of color, large bodies, and those who uh, may be a little older to go outside, right? So then in that case, you can do things like this. You can go to YouTube search and you can say, um, you know, like hiking shoes for, uh, for, you know, larger bodies or larger, um, hiking shoes for, you know, if it's like overweight, if that's the thing, then it'd be like, you know, for, you know, best shoes for, you know, best hiking shoes for overweight people or something like that. And then you're going to see when you start typing in like hiking shoes and you start typing in some of the other language that you just used here in your question, um, then what you're going to see is YouTube is going to suggest a bunch of ways that people are looking for what it is that you're making. And then you simply just take one of those and you're like, hey, this is what my video is about, or this is what my video is going to be about. It's best to do this before you even make your content. Um, but you say, this is what my video is going to be about. I'm just going to copy that right out of YouTube search. And then I'm actually just going to place that right into my title. It's a win if I can add something more compelling to it, or if I can leverage my thumbnail for the compelling side. Um, but you know, that's the low hanging fruit, easiest way to do it in terms of you know, like, hey, I'm trying to put a title together. I, I haven't really learned yet how to, you know, structure titles and how to really grab attention through a title. So therefore, um, I'm going to just copy and paste um, very specific things that people are searching for. So, uh, so hopefully that helped. Um, let's see here as we keep going. Um, let's see here. L and D Holmes says, can you use storytelling in a how-to video to make it more interesting? If so, um, and if so, any tips? 
hey, I'm, I'm going to bypass this question and I'm going to send you straight to a YouTube channel called Film Booth. So Film Booth, right? My approach with my YouTube help content is like, I just want to, I just want to share with you the information that, that you want to know, right? Like that's what I, that's my approach. Um, the Film Booth content or the Film Booth channel, he's doing some awesome stuff. He's like changing the, the game here in, in the YouTube help space. So basically um, with his content, he mixes in like heavy storytelling production, you know, cause he's got like a film background. Apparently I'm guessing, I don't know because the film booth, that's what made me, makes me think that. Um, but basically, um, Ed is his name that, that has that channel. Um, but he's doing some really cool stuff over there, but everything that he's doing is actually based on storytelling, but he's doing like YouTube help content with storytelling attached. And he's doing some really like next level stuff, like putting a bucket over his head. That's like a time machine. And then he hits the bucket and then he flies back in time to his like former self where he's sitting on a sofa and he's doing the whole thing. Like you see, like you see in uh, like Christmas movies, right. Where they like go back and he's just kind of sitting in the corner watching himself, you know, talk to his uh, girlfriend or wife or whatever she is, um, you know, watching him, you know, like talk to her about something or watching him look at his stats and being frustrated about something. He's like explaining what's going on. Really, really awesome stuff. So, um, so definitely make sure that you, uh, that you check out, uh, his YouTube channel, because just by looking at his channel and comparing what he's doing to what it is that I'm doing, you'll be able to see the, um, the stark difference there. He's actually inspiring me. Cause I'm like, I'm like, man, this stuff is so cool. He's got to have so much fun putting this together. Um, uh, so I'm like, man, yeah, you know, I should make a few videos like that just to see how you guys respond to him. Um, but I'm not sure if I will or not. Um, Sergeant Nimbo is our next question. Says they upload when they have time. Um, they do Minecraft gaming content. The goal of the channel is to get a thousand subscribers and fund my own stuff. Question, how do I increase the quality of my videos with Filmora X? I upgraded to it yesterday. So since we're just handing out channels here, um, the channel that you should check out is uh, Daniel Battelle. Um, Daniel Battelle, he's in this chat. Um, he was in here earlier. I don't know if he's still here or not. But if you just look for DanielBattelle.com, I think I even have a link to his YouTube channel down in the description of this video right now. Um, but if you go there, his entire YouTube channel is all Filmora content. Teaching you how to use Filmora. Um, let's see here. Kanye West says, Mr. B said that a creator should have a retention rate of 70% or higher. Anything below that is bad. Do you agree? Um, for him, yeah. Um, you know, like if that's his personal metric, but in terms of video performance, um, you know, like I've seen videos perform that have much less uh, retention on them. They don't get 20 something million views like he gets though, right? So um, so if if Mr. B says it, I would believe it to be true. But one thing that you do want to do though is like, um, let's say that right now, like here's here's the idea. Here's like, most of the people that are participating in the stream right now are under 64 uh, or under a thousand subscribers, 64%. So what I would love for you to focus on is if your videos are currently getting 30% retention, get it to 50. If you're currently getting 50, try to push it to 60. If you're currently getting 60, try to push it to 70 and so on. So the reason for that is if you're at 30 right now, 70, that like you got a ton of work to do to get you to 70. So because of that, like just keep trying to increase it and just keep learning how your audience responds to what it is that you're doing and just keep trying to get it more and more. And another thing to keep in mind is 70% on a 10 minute video is different than 70% on a 20 minute video and it's different than 70% on a two minute video. So, you know, it all comes down to, you know, your video length and all of the other factors that are also involved in terms of click through rate, further engagement and so on. But yeah, I mean, he knows what he's doing. So yeah, like you definitely want to follow his advice. And you need to release Donda. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see here. Gray Man Prepping Super says, um, what is more important, keywords or hashtags? What's the difference and best place to put them and upload defaults um, or in the video description? Okay, so um, the difference between um, keywords and hashtags is this. Hashtags 
are where you put the number sign in front of the hashtag. Your hashtags are, um, uh, you get three that will show up underneath your video. So if you've ever been watching a YouTube video and then you see like three blue words that you can click on underneath the, um, underneath the video, that's a hashtag. So you add those hashtags to your video description and then YouTube will put the first three um, underneath the video. Now you can put more, I think over 15, they will cancel out all hashtags. So where over 15, they say that all of them become irrelevant. Um, so the idea if they display three, just use three. Um, but with the hashtags, the, the difference between the two is one, it has the number sign and it's something that you put in there for the sake of, you know, like in some of my content, I might have like Nimanati there because that's just like a, you know, an internal thing. Um, and then um, in some cases, people will also use it to leverage popular hashtags for traffic. So if you make a video about, um, if you make a video about, you know, a specific thing, and you explore the hashtag for that and you find that, you know, like, hey, there's a lot of, you know, good videos here for this hashtag. People are looking for this hashtag a lot. Then in that case, um, you know, adding that can help you, you know, pull some traffic from that hashtag because hashtags do have search results pages. Now, keywords, totally different thing. So with keywords, keywords are what you add to your title and your description to help YouTube have context to what your video is about and also to help viewers who you're trying to reach also understand what your video is about. Keywords essentially come from uh, like the web world, like the, you know, like search engine world in terms of, you know, you want to make sure that you have specific keywords or keyword phrases in your like blog titles and things like that so that, you know, Google's system and YouTube system as well so that they can have context to what's going on so they know that when people put in a specific search query into YouTube search that this is what this particular video is about. So for example, you have gray man prepping. So since you have a prepping channel, let's just say that you have, um, you know, like how to can food, right? We'll just do that one. So a keyword would be, uh, you know, canning, uh, can food, uh, canning food, canned food. Those would be keywords. Um, food could technically be a keyword, but when you start getting more specific, that's called a long tail keyword um, or long tail keyword phrase. And the idea there is that the more specific you get, uh, the more long tail you get, the higher the likelihood of you showing up in terms of relevancy for that particular long tail keyword. So canned food, probably pretty competitive, right? But if how to can food, if you do that, probably also competitive. But when somebody puts in to YouTube search how to can food, the likelihood of your video showing up there as long as people click on your video and they watch it at a competitive amount of at a competitive rate compared to the other videos that are in search then when you're using that keyword phrase you're helping your videos show up by relevance when people type in how to can food um, into youtube search so then when that search results page shows up for how to can food then because you've used how to can food in your uh, title then that helps youtube have that context and they match that relevance. So one of the things that they say in the YouTube Creator Academy, as well as in, in, in the Google Help pages, is that when when you when people are searching for content on YouTube, um, that the search results, uh, the first thing they look for is relevancy for the for the query. So what that means is is that if you put in you know how to can food, people are looking for how to can food. The likelihood of you showing up somewhere in search is going to be higher. Now the other place where keywords work is let's say um, that you are Let's say that you make a video um, um, about an iPhone, right? Um, and in your case, you're on prepping content. So in that case, it would be like, you know, iPhone apps for preppers, something like that. But another thing with a keyword is depending on your title, depending on the topic of your video, you can also kind of multi-layer stuff. So like in that example, if it was like, you know, iPhone apps for 
um, for survivalists or preppers, you know, whatever, then in that case, you actually have like iPhone, you have iPhone apps, you have iPhone apps for survivalists or preppers, you have preppers, you have survivalists, you know, to where you, it just kind of stacks up in terms of the things that you could show up for. But at a, at a higher level, it's more about helping the people that you're trying to reach on YouTube. Like when you show up on a homepage, helping them say iPhone apps for preppers, right? So then it's like, Hey, I've got an iPhone. This is an app and then it's for me because I'm a prepper. So then, you know, that keyword or keyword phrase helps the person also identify that that's what your content is about. So a keyword phrase is kind of like two pronged in terms of, or a keyword or keyword phrase. It's two pronged in terms of you use it for relevance um, if you're trying to get your videos to show up in search. And then you also use it as a way to help people connect with things in terms of the way that they're thinking about them and the things that they're interested in. So, you know, iPhone, iPhone apps, you know, iPhone apps for preppers, preppers, survivalists, that kind of stuff. So hopefully that makes sense. Okay. So next up on our list, we have, um, Andrew Billy plays says they do gaming content, the goal of the channels. I want to inspire and help people. And the question, I just got a thousand subscribers today and any more tips to get 4,000 hours of watch time to be monetized high five and fist bump to you for crossing a thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. So, um, so when it comes to, um, getting more watch time, so the very first thing, of course, Oh, I, I saw a, a super chat here that I didn't get to, and I will get to you right here in a second, Gillian. But when it comes to the watch hours, one of the things that you got to think about is one, a lot of watch time is going to come from people just enjoying your content, right? Like that's, that's where you, that's where the big wins are. But then from there, the easier you make it for people to find more of your content, the easier you make it to get more watch time on your videos, because then the easier you make it to turn one view into multiple views, you know, for the viewers that are interacting with your content. So what I mean by that, make sure that your channel page is structured properly based on like make playlists, Add those playlists to your channel pages sections based on the things that people come to your YouTube channel for, the things that you think people come to your YouTube channel for, or organized in a way to where you're like, yeah, if people come here, this is going to help them find the content that they care about the fastest, right? So you want to make sure that you're doing that. In addition to that, you want to make sure that you are using playlists, that you're linking to playlists in your end screen. You want to make sure that you're linking to playlists in your pinned comment. You want to make sure that you're linking to playlists in your video description as well, um, to relevant content. What I mean by that, um, since you're doing gaming content, if you have a video on, you know, like a new Fortnite update, then in that case, the things that you are linking to are also, you know, related to Fortnite content. And you want to think, okay, the person that's watching this video about the, the update, like what else would they find interesting? So if you have a thing on your channel about, you know, where to find specific, you know, uh, chests and things like that, then, you know, that might be the thing that you link to in your pinned comment, your description, um, and in your end screen to try to get them to watch that video, right? So, um, so the idea is to just make it easy for people to find more um, of your content. And of course, you know, like make sure that people enjoy the content that you have, which I'm sure you're doing already. You got a thousand subscribers. Of course you're doing that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So um, Gillian Barry, sorry it took me so long to get to this one. It's been 50 minutes and 47 seconds um, since you posted this. I massively apologize for the delay. Says, um, do you recommend responding to every comment? What about negative comments? Do you ever delete them or respond to them? So if you are wanting to grow a community, um, in terms of, you know, people that are coming back to your channel on a regular basis, that kind of thing. I mean, people will do it anyway, just because of the video content. Um, however, like, it's just a cool thing to do, like in my opinion. So, um, so I try to do everything that I can, um, to make sure that comments, um, that, you know, when people are commenting, when you guys are commenting on my YouTube channel, that you get a reply. Um, at the very least, I make sure that you get a heart. And the reason for that is because you're taking the time to scroll down and leave a comment 
And the least that I can do in return is, you know, read that comment or acknowledge that comment, you know, in terms of like, yeah, you know, I saw this, you know, thanks for the comment type of thing. Um, so for me, answering comments is a really big deal. I, I, I'm, I, I prioritize that in terms of, you know, some of the things that I make sure that always happen on my YouTube channel. Um, and I recommend that other people do the same. However, if we talk about the other side of this, um, it can get overwhelming. So like if you're like a solo creator in terms of you're doing everything yourself, you're recording your videos, you are editing your videos, you're doing all your own comments, you're doing like everything. Then in that case, it, you know, you're going to have and you have a life outside of YouTube, then you are going to, you know, have to balance things out. And when you're balancing things out, um, you have to make sure that when it comes to YouTube, that you're focusing on the thing that that is the most important, which is making the content that they love. And then, of course, you can just go through and just, you know, heart comments, um, uh, you know, like as they're coming in you know, just kind of open your creative studio app, you know, start, you know, harding the comments as they come in. But one common practice that a lot of content creators do, and I, th I think this is great. Like if you're like, Hey, you know, I, I just can't like, it's, it's outside of my reality to be able to answer every comment that comes out on the channel. Then one thing that a lot of um, popular content creators do is they spend the first hour, sometimes the first two hours after you publish the video as their comment time. So it's like, hey, in this first hour, this first two hours, um, if you're somebody that comes in and watches the content quickly, then, you know, we'll interact, you know, we'll interact in the comments. Um, and then after that, then, you know, that interaction kind of falls off and then you just kind of answer, you know, the ones that you can when you can, um, uh, you know, through your app or something like that. But in addition to that, um, just a <laughs> shark scrapper says a life outside of YouTube. Like, what's that? Yeah, I hear you. So um, so there's an app and let me um, let me pull it up for you here really quick. That was close. Uh, let's see here. So there is an app called Canned. If you're on an iPhone, um, I, I know there's alternatives as well. Um, but here, I'll show it to you really quick if I can find it. No, let's go over here and search. Oh, here it is. It's in my YouTube apps. Okay, so right here. This one right here. Nope, other side. This one right here, it's called Canned, right? And with canned, if you get a lot of similar comments, um, you know, a lot of comments that are, uh, you know, where you're answering a lot of the same things a lot, you're saying thanks a lot with like a string of emojis, things like that, then you can actually set up, oops, you can actually set up canned responses. And what you do here is when you set up these canned responses, um, and I'll just go into my creator studio and I'll show you exactly um, the process here. But you go into here. Um, we're going into my latest video. I'm going to go down to the comments and we are going to say, um, let's see here. So can we talk by the way? I enjoy watching your videos. Helpful creator. Okay. So here I'm going to click on, on the reply button, right? So this is what I see, right? When I click on that reply button and then next, I'm going to click on the little globe just to show you how this works. I'm going to click on the little globe right down here in the bottom. When I do that, let me hit it one more time because it switched to a language there. It shows me this list, right? So really the process quickly tap that reply, tap that globe, and then, and then hit whatever response it is that you want to hit. And then as soon as you hit that, um, like, let's say that I just do, um, creator Academy, boom, then I just hit that creator Academy and look, I've got the entire sentence there, the entire small little paragraph recommending people go to the YouTube creator Academy. See how it filled it in. So basically that if I was doing that in real time, it would be bam, 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 done. Actually, bam, 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 done. Because <laughs> I gotta send, I gotta send the comment. Um, but, but that particular app, um, they have them for Android as well. But as a YouTuber, um, I recommend that all of you use that app or just some version of it. Because over time, 
this stuff ends up taking like a lot of time, you know, cause you want to interact with, you know, the people that are watching your videos and you want to make sure that if people are asking you questions about things on a regular basis, you want to make sure you're saving yourself time. So if you're always, you know, there's certain things that you're always saying and you have to kind of write out like a long thing, write it out once, make it a canned response. And then you can just drop that canned response in there uh, when people ask that question. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list today, we have, let me move this, boom, okay. So next up on our list today, we have um, Beastwoo, I think is what it's called. It's a Roblox channel. The goal is to have fun and monetize in the future. Question, what are some tips for slow growth? Um, so if you're growing slow, it really comes down to, you know, your content decisions. It comes down to the content that you're making in terms of, you know, when you're, when you're making your videos, like how are you putting them together? How are you editing those videos, you know, to create a great experience for the viewers? Um, it's that, and it's also, you know, not being able to get people to click on what it is that you're doing. So a lot of huge mistake that I see a lot of newer content creators make is they will just write a title that says something like, um, like in this case, you don't like Roblox game. It'll say like Roblox or, you know, Roblox walkthrough or Roblox, you know, whatever, but it'll just say like Roblox. And then the thumbnail will be, you know, something that's just, you know, you can't even see any detail of what's going on. You can't even really tell that it's Roblox, but there's just no context at all into what's going on. So I had somebody, um, it was, uh, where was it? It was in somebody else's Facebook group. They came in and they're like, man, I've been doing this for like three years. I can't get any traction whatsoever. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I go and I looked at the channel and I took a screenshot. And basically this person, um, they were making the content, like they were doing that part. They were doing the, you know, the good part of making the content, but in terms of how they were packaging that content up from the outside, huge fail point. So what they were doing is they would have, you know, like, Hey, I'm starting this stream and it's just like a black screen. That would be their thumbnail. And then like the titles would be things like, you know, like, Hey, you know, I made it through the game or, you know, like, Hey, I made it or, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, one of the things that I said to him in that group is I said, you know, you got to think to yourself. Like if somebody were to see this presented to them on a homepage or, or next to another video, like what is it that would make somebody be interested in what it is that you're doing? What is it in your thumbnail that would grab somebody's attention? Just a black thumbnail is not it. Like what is it in your thumbnail that would, you know, that would help the person that you're trying to reach, you know, people that care about Roblox. Like what is it that you're doing in your thumbnails that helps them identify that without a question of a doubt, there's not a bunch of stuff all over this thumbnail. It's just like laser focus on grabbing that person's attention that's into Roblox. Like, what are you doing to help facilitate that, right? Same exact thing with the title. Like, just saying, uh, you know, like, hey, I beat it, doesn't give any context, right? It doesn't give any context into like who it's for, what it is, what's going on in the game, why somebody should watch, like none of that. It doesn't give any context. If you're like a superstar YouTuber, like Casey Neistat or somebody, and you make a title like that, sure. You know, people are, people are going to click on it just out of scale because you're going to get uh, the initial amount of impressions you're going to get on that are going to be massive. And because of that, you know, you're going to get a lot of clicks on it. Um, but in terms of, you know, somebody that's just getting started where YouTube doesn't have that data, they don't have tons of, you know, recent viewers interacting with the channel, that kind of stuff. In that case, um, then, you know, uh, you know, you have to be a lot more specific <laughs> because, uh, you know, because people aren't going to, uh, you know, see your content at scale yet, unless you make something good. If you make something good, that will go at scale. But in terms of, you know, those initial impressions, like everyone counts when you're first getting started. I mean, they count anyway, but especially when you're first getting started. Super chat. Um, Cutthroat Society says, um, hey, Nick, I need more advice on live streams. Do you set up a sort of rough draft routine to follow for three plus hours? Nope. So my approach is that I uh, basically um, start the stream and then um, I have no idea when the stream first starts. I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know. 
um, anything. I don't know the questions that are going to be asked. I knew nothing. And then basically I come in and um, the format is that I just have my intro thing, just getting, you know, telling people like how to participate and for the people that are there when it first starts, telling them how to participate and um, letting people know about, you know, the sponsors and things like that. And then, um, and then I start the Q and a, so one of the things that I do is I have a form that form kind of gets me going in terms of like, Hey, you know, this is the people that, you know, were hanging out in the stream when it first started. So let's make sure that I prioritize these, but then it's also my default. Like I start here. And while I start here, that gives me, you know, content to go ahead and start talking about. Um, and then that form, I got a link to it in the description. It's free. Google forms is what I use for it. Um, and then basically people just fill that out and that kind of helps me you know, kind of get started with some questions. So I don't say, okay, if you got questions, answer, ask them now. And then I have to wait for the delay, you know, for the stream. I got to wait for the, for the questions to start coming in. That just helps me keep everything moving. Um, and then like here in just a minute, actually, I'm going to start pulling some of these out of the chat as well. Um, but then, you know, I'll start pulling questions out of the chat and then, you know, the whole thing just kind of transforms and morphs based on the conversation or the questions that are being had. And then later, if anybody ends up joining the stream or whatever, then in that case, um, then it'll morph around based on those conversations plus the questions that are being asked. Now, that's here. Now, if, I, if I'm streaming over at StreamYard or if I'm streaming on like the TubeBuddy channel or something like that, um, then in that case, um, then yeah, there'll, there'll be a structure. Um, I'll have like bullet points or something like that to where it's like, hey, this is a training um, in terms of like I'm trying to share very specific information here, trying to help people out. So because of that, these are the things that I need to make sure that I'm talking about um, through that training in order to make sure that I'm delivering the best value for those people that would interact with, you know, that content based on the topic of that content. Um, so, so that's what you want to think about. However, in your case, because um, you said you need more advice on live streams. So um, a good thing or, or, or a best practice, I should say, that people typically do um, with live streams, like if they're not doing Q&A streams, is they use what's called an ROS or a run of show. That's what ROS stands for, run of show. And and basically what that is, is it's an outline of what it is that you're going to be taking, you know, people through. So, you know, it would have like your intro stuff, you know, up here at the top. And then underneath that, you know, you would have it broken down. This is the intro. Um, this is like, you know, the sponsor information. This is, you know, awareness information in terms of anything you're trying to bring awareness to. This is, you know, part of the actual things that I'm going to be talking about. This part right here is a break where I can just kind of pause for a minute, maybe do some quick Q and A's based on the things that I talked about before. Then maybe I mentioned, you know, sponsors again or other things that I'm trying to bring awareness to. Then I drop back into the next part of that run of show, which would be more content um, based around, you know, whatever your bullet points are there. Um, and then you would have, you know, the closing stuff to where you make sure that you get all your calls to action in there to do the specific things that you're trying to get people to do, be it subscribe to the channel, be it share your content, be it click on a link to go to a website or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, but basically what you want to look around for, um, if you just hop on Google and you type in like ROS or uh, ROS won't be the thing, type in run of show. Um, and then you'll, you'll start to see some, you know, ideas around that. Um, but that, you know, hopefully will help you out there. Um, let's see here. Um, Jawboy Leaf Super chat. says, um, hey, Nick, I used to be a Warzone channel, but there's just too many hackers. Now I've been playing Apex. Any tips on switching niches? Yeah, so if you're committed, like, hey, I was doing this, now I'm doing this, um, then in that case, like, you've already committed, so you just keep staying your path. Um, one thing that you got to make sure that you're keeping in mind, though, is if you have, um, like, a lot of content that is not relevant to the new thing that you're doing, once you start getting, excuse me, once you start getting some traction, 
once you start getting some traction on the new direction that you're going, um, then in that case, if you have any um, you know videos that are driving a lot of attention to your channel now, that's just not a good fit for the new content, which means they're not really going to respond to that new content. If you know you're not going to make any of the older content again, any of the Warzone stuff, um, then in that case, um, you want to start you know kind of unlisting those because they're bringing in the wrong people for the new stuff that you're doing. Um, ultimately you know, hopefully you'll have some crossover in terms of people coming back into your channel because they're just like, hey, you know, uh, Jawboy Leaf is awesome. I don't care what he's playing, you know, I, I want or what they are playing. I want to, um, you know, I, I want to come hang out and watch. Um, but in terms of, you know, just pivoting, like you've already committed that you're going to Apex. So um, so because of that, just make awesome Apex videos. And then as you start and, and keep this in mind, too. Make sure that you're interlinking um, all of your Apex videos as well through playlists um, in your end screens, in your descriptions, pinned comments, that kind of stuff, um, so that you can try to get people watching more of those videos um, You know, when they come in for those Apex videos so that they can see more of your content being re uh, recommended to them later. Um, in addition to that, make sure that if you have your channel art that's based around you know, Warzone, make sure you swap that out and base it around Apex. Make sure that if the content that you're featuring on your channel page is all Warzone stuff, make sure that as you're publishing the new Apex content that you start swapping that content content out those playlists that are sections on your channel page that you start swapping those out for um, apex content as that content you know um, continues to go out like as you get more of it then start swapping out you know the, the the older stuff for the newer stuff so that when people are exploring more into your channel page for example then they'll be able to see that um, you know like hey you know now this is all they won't say now because a lot of people won't even know but um, but you know for the people that go there they'll be like oh sweet you know it's all apex stuff I came in here from an apex video that type of thing um, let's see here. Um, Alex and channel says, am I doing something wrong if my numbers are okay? No, no. Like, you know, like, like in terms of doing something wrong, like, um, when it comes to YouTube, like, you know, everybody has different goals. Everybody has different things they're trying to accomplish. Like some people just upload videos and they just share them with their family and friends. And they're not trying to, you know, become like a professional YouTuber, stuff like that. Other people are, you know, just publishing videos and they're trying to connect with other like-minded people. So because of that, you know, growth is important to them because they're, you know, like, Hey, you know, if I'm not growing, then that means I'm not getting in front of more people that, you know, like the same things that I like. So therefore, you know, why am I even uploading these to the internet? So, you know, there's, and then there's the other side, which is, you know, people that are trying to be a, a professional YouTuber. So, you know, when you're trying to do this stuff professionally, you know, your approach is going to be different than if you're somebody that's uploading content, you know, for the sake of growing a community, or if you're somebody that's uploading content for the sake of sh just sharing it with, you know, family and friends and that kind of stuff. But no, you're not, you're not doing something wrong if your numbers are okay. But, you know, it's good that you pay attention um, to, you know, to, to your numbers and that you also know, like, you know, what is it? Why am I doing this? Why am I uploading these videos to the internet? Why, you know, why am I, you know, putting this time into, you know, uh, watching, you know, a YouTube, you know, help information. Why did I just spend two bucks on a super chat? You know, like, like thinking like, you know, why am I doing all this when it comes to YouTube so that you can make sure that you're extremely clear on your purpose and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So then all everything else in terms of, you know, the numbers that you're focusing on your channel, the places that you're sending people in terms of the things you're trying to get people to do, subscribe, share, um, you know, go visit, you know, website or something. So you can make sure that you're, you know, sending people down the right path. So you can make sure that you're making the right content for the people that you're trying to reach and the goals that you're trying to accomplish, that kind of stuff. Um, let's see here. Arjuna J says, Hey Nick, how do I know if the niche that I chose is sustainable and has enough content for the future? What happens if I run out of ideas in my own niche? What I recommend that you do. And um, this is what I recommend for people that are starting new YouTube channels as well is there is the like, Hey, I've got all these ideas in my head. That's what people will say. 
And then like a month later, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't come up with an idea for a video. <laughs> so what I recommend is that you list out like right now, um, if you publish, you know, 52 videos out of the year right now, like while you're listening to this live stream in the background, grab a pen and start writing down video ideas based around the type of content that you make. Just brainstorm. Just try to think of anything that you can possibly think of that you would want to make a video around based on the type of content that you make, but write down like a hundred ideas or 104 if you if you put out two videos uh, a week and just go ahead and just get those ideas out. That doesn't mean that you're going to make those videos. It doesn't mean that you are, um, you know, that you like have to go through that list and, you know, make every one of those. The exercise is simply to make sure that you're thinking through like, hey, these are all the different types of things that I can make videos about. These are all the different ways that, you know, that I can, you know, present this information. These are all the different things that I can do um, so that you go through that exercise just to make sure that you, you know, can come up with, you know, a lot of those ideas. And then once you run out of ideas, once you're like, hey, man, I can only get to like 25, I'm stuck. <laughs> then in that case, that's where you go to like YouTube autocomplete and you start typing in things that people are looking for um, or you start typing in, you know, information around the type of content that you make um, and you see what other people are looking for. And then you start adding some of those or being inspired by those in terms of, you know, different video ideas. Um, that's when you go and look at other channels in your space and you see like, hey, they're making videos like this. Um, you know, I could do a spinoff on this one. That would be, you know, maybe a contrasting idea. Maybe I go a little bit more in depth. Maybe I share the information in a different way. Um, you know, like that type of thing to where you can also use some of the channels in your niche for inspiration on ideas. YouTube actually recommends that, um, as well, but basically like the idea is just to, you know, go ahead and get it out of the way now in terms of like, Hey, I'm just going to write down a bunch of ideas and just make sure that this is something, you know, sustainable long-term, but in reality, most content, most things that you'll do you'll be able to come up unless you are, you know, doing something that's extremely limited and very specific. Uh, then in that case, you might, you know, have, a, it might be a little bit more challenging, but, you know, coming up with video ideas is much easier than it seems like when you're first getting started. Um, you know, and like I said before, you know, like people are kind of like of two camps. It's like, I don't know what to do is one camp. And then the other camp is like, I've got so many ideas that I don't even know how I'm going to make all these videos, you know, out of this whole time. And then I'm going to be on YouTube. Um, but then there's also the side of like actually workshopping it and saying like, okay, all these ideas I have in my head, let's actually start writing them down. <laughs> let's start getting these out of my head and onto paper or into my, you know, computer or my phone or whatever. Let me start getting some of these ideas out to make sure that, you know, that all these ideas that I have are actually as many ideas as I actually, you know, think they are. Um, let's see here. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So, um, Alex and channel says I started over one year ago and I have, um, when you have time, I'm um, just take a look at my channel just to understand if it's okay or I'm doing something wrong. So Alex, I'm not looking at, um, channels today. Um, the only place that I look at channels right now is, um, in our members only group, um, over on Facebook. So, um, so with that, it's only for channel members and basically how that works is, um, there's a, there's a post in there and there's a big long queue in that post. And basically I go in. Um, every single week. And then I just start where I left off. And then I'll start going through channels. Last week, actually, we ended up spending almost the entire time on one channel. And then, um, and then we actually moved in just based on some stuff that we were talking about. We actually moved from that one channel into YouTube analytics. And, um, and I showed them a bunch of cool stuff in uh, YouTube analytics too. But basically like the idea though, is just make sure you get in that queue if you do that. Um, so that, so I can, you know, look at it once we get to it. Magic flying potato. Says, does merging Super two playlists um, mess with the end screen of older videos that were linked to one or the other playlist being merged? So by merged, if you mean that you are taking the videos that are on one playlist and adding them to the other playlist, then in that case, that would just impact probably the complete rate of that playlist. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, any anything that you're linking to 
The only time that that's going to get disrupted is if you actually delete that playlist, right? Um, but in terms of, you know, adding extra videos, things like that, no problem at all there. Um, but in terms of, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm linking this playlist, but I deleted this playlist, that's when you um, can run into problems. Tony Skittle super live streams. Chat. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. The kind words as well. Um, okay. So uh, as we keep on going through this list here, what are the colors for on your keyboard? So this is a, um, this is from editors keys. This is the keyboard from them. I've got another one over there um, for uh, logic pro X here. I'll actually grab it real quick. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. I'm sorry. I can't because it's actually, that one's plugged in USB because it's a backlit one. Um, this one is the is the Bluetooth one. So if I want to unplug it, um, I can't. But um, basically the colors on the keyboard, this keyboard, um, it is a, it's from editorskeys.com um, is, the, is the name of them. But basically these are all color coded based around shortcuts in um, Adobe Premiere Pro. So in addition to the colors, there's also little icons here. So in addition to the colors, there's these little um, icons on here as well. And you can see on those icons, you know, it's things like, you know, quickly switching to like the hand tool, you know, marking a clip, zooming in and out, you know, like that kind of stuff um, to where, and I'll just kind of pan it across this way as well. Um, but basically the thing is, is it just makes it easy to remember keyboard, sh keyboard shortcuts. Um, so instead of me having to like, remember, you know, like, Hey, click this and click this. Cause like I said earlier, like I've just recently just fully said like, Hey, I'm not using Vegas anymore. I'm just going all in on premiere. So because of that, this just kind of helps me, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, using the right shortcuts and clicking on the right things. Cause I can glance at it first. <laughs> so that's, that's what this is. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going, we have, um, status glance. What's up? Hope you're doing great. Says no subs added since a week. What is wrong? So, um, so it could be the traffic coming into your YouTube channel. It could be that, you know, the people aren't, you know, the, the value that you're offering isn't, you know, crystal clear to the people that are coming in. Um, it could be that you, like, I don't know what it is that you're doing on your channel. Um, but, um, it's also possible if you are somebody that is doing, um, variety content in terms of you're not focused on a specific audience, you're just making a bunch of different stuff. Um, it could also be that there's no clear value in terms of like, Hey, I'm coming to this channel for this. Um, for this video. Um, but you know, I looked around and that person doesn't really have anything else that I care about. So I'm not going to subscribe. It can be that sort of thing. Um, but you know, if no subs are added in a week, it'll typically come down to, you know, you're just not getting enough views to be able to convert people based on, you know, what you normally get. Um, and it could also be that just in some of the content that you're putting out, um, people just aren't responding to it, you know, because they just can't clearly see the value. It could also be that if you look in your audience retention, you might find that people aren't even making it that far into the video. And if they're not making it that far into the video, that means that even though you might have some views on the videos that they're not making it that far, which means that they're not getting a lot of value out of what it is that you're doing yet, just based on the structure, maybe how you're getting people through the content, but they're just not seeing that value yet. And therefore they're not clicking on the subscribe button. Um, other things is also, you know, asking people to subscribe is also effective as well, but you want to make sure that you're doing that like later in the video um, until you get good at keeping people watching. Then of course you can experiment with putting it elsewhere. I mean, you can experiment with it at any time, but I'm just saying best practice wise to make sure that you're not, you know, kind of messing up your video by putting that subscribe call to action in the front. Um, you want to make sure that you are 
because uh, there's right ways to do that and wrong ways to do that. And when people are first getting started, it's best just to focus on, you know, giving great content than it is trying to, you know, increase your conversions on subscribes and stuff like that. Um, because it's it's the, the video content that makes everything else happen. You know, people clicking and watching that makes everything else move. So once you get good at that, that's when you start experimenting with, you know, where to ask and how to ask people to subscribe and that kind of stuff. Um, let's see here. Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coasters, thank you for the kind words and thank you for the super chat as well. Massively appreciated, my friend. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going through the list, let's see. I'm just making sure that I got all of these. Started a year ago. Emerging two playlists. Many thanks. Okay. So um, let's see here. Next up on the uh, list here, we've got Danny Najum. DannyNajum.com says, um, let's see here. They do comedy content, goal of the channels to grow can, um, and continue making people laugh. And the question, how many YouTube videos is needed to be uploaded for YouTube to start pushing out your videos to a greater audience? That can happen with one video. That's actually one of the things in my myth video. Um, so that can happen with one video. So basically when it comes to the videos, hey, status cleanse, I, I don't, I'm not reviewing channels here. I only do that in my members only uh, group on Facebook. Um, so if you are, um, I don't see the icon next to your name. But basically, when you are, um, if you're in the members group, I don't see the icon here. So maybe you join another channel or something. But in the members group, there's one post. And then basically, on that post, you'll see a big queue of uh, videos and the ones with likes on them. Um, I started that about halfway through that list. But the ones that, with the likes, those are where I'm at. Um, the last like is the last channel. So um, uh, the last like from me is the last channel. So basically, you want to make sure that you add yourself to that. And then we get to it as we get to it, because I look at channels every week through the group. Sometimes we'll look at four channels. Sometimes we'll look at one or two. It just depends on, you know, how deep we go with each channel based on what the creator's, uh, you know, needing help with. Um, but in terms of um, how many videos uploaded for YouTube, start pushing your videos to a greater audience. So when it comes to YouTube pushing your videos to a greater audience, that doesn't happen. Um, how it actually works is that, um, like I mentioned before, YouTube actually pulls your content for the viewer. Everything on YouTube is designed to serve the viewers of the platform because the viewers are what make everything else happen. Um, they, those are the people that are watching ads. Those are the people that are watching all of our videos. Those are the people that are you know doing all of the stuff that makes YouTube be possible. So because of that, everything on the platform is catered to, to them. So what that means is when you publish a video, it's not that YouTube system says, hey, let's just push this out in front of a bunch of people and see what happens. What they're act, what the system actually does, and this is this is actually according to um, one of the guys on the YouTube search and discovery team that I had a conversation with at Dave and Buster's um, at the last vid summit that I was at. And um, basically when uh, you publish a video to YouTube, what their system does is it basically detects based on you know how people are interacting with YouTube, the content that they've been watching recently, the content that they've responded positively to recently, the content they've liked and haven't liked, the stuff they've commented on, the channels they subscribe to, this big list of stuff in terms of the things that they're looking for for the users of the platform. Um, and when your video falls into a criteria to where the system's like, hey, this video based on the topic of this video or based on what the system detects the video is about because they're reading your videos, they're watching your videos, all that. Um, so based on all of that information, it says, hey, this person that's on the platform right now would be a great fit for this video. So then it will show it on their homepage if they just you know, logged on or they went back to the homepage if they're watching other videos and it'll show it recommended next to or under if they're on a phone um, under, you know, the, the video that they're watching or maybe it'll end up in a next up spot, something like that. But what happens then is based on how people respond. 
So if people, you know, are just don't click on your video when it showed up on their homepage, then YouTube's going to start slowing down the impressions on that video. An impression, just as a reminder, is when um, is when YouTube shows your content to somebody on a platform on the platform. That's what an impression is. So um, so if people are responding positively to your content, this is why it's so important to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, that you're helping people identify that your content something that they're interested in. But basically, um, when you are publishing a video, YouTube is basically going through all the data that they have on all the users of the platform, all the viewers on the platform. And they're like, Hey, um, I think Bob, this isn't like, you know, I'm, I'm just having fun with this, but basically it's like, Hey, I think Bob would be, you know, a good candidate for this video. So Bob is on the homepage um, or the whole page loads and then bam, there's your video. So you're competing with a bunch of other stuff that Bob also is predicted to like at that moment, moment in time and predicted to possibly click on at that point in time. So your video shows up there on Bob's homepage and then Bob is like, eh, I'm clicking on this over here. I'm not clicking on uh, this comedy video. So then that one impression, you did not win the click. So then they're looking for other people like Bob uh, or actually people that are not like Bob, but they're, they're basically looking for other people that are good fit for your content and they're showing it to them. And if they're not clicking, then of course, then the system's like, hey, people are not responding to this. Therefore, we're gonna drop the amount of times that we're putting impressions on this video or that we're showing this video to people on the platform. And we're going to move more competitive content into its place or just more test content into its place. So the idea is you can have one video on your YouTube channel and your entire YouTube channel starts thriving right out of the gate. Your very first YouTube video, it happens all the time. You can have your fifth video be that video that resonates with viewers. YouTube finds the right audience for it in terms of the people that are the most likely to respond to it, and they do. And then, bam, your channel's off to the races. That happens all the time, every day on YouTube. Then there's the other side of it, to where people are publishing content. They can't really get their titles together. They can't really get the thumbnails together. They don't do everything they can to learn how to make better content for the audience that they're trying to reach. And, you know, it takes them years to you know, get any type of traction because they're just continuing to do, do the same thing that's not working instead of saying, this isn't working, therefore I need to experiment, I need to you know, try new things, I need to figure out how to actually make this work, right? So it's not that you need a certain amount of videos for YouTube to show your content to more people, it's just that the videos that you do publish, people need to click on those videos. And when they click on those videos, they need to enjoy that content. They need to watch it for a competitive amount of time. They also need to do other things. For example, you know, some of those people are going to need to subscribe. Some of those people are going to, you know, need to comment. Some of those people are going to need to like the video. Some of those people are going to share the video, that kind of stuff. But basically the idea is you have to be able to get people to respond to what it is that you're doing. If you can't, it's not YouTube. YouTube isn't the problem. The problem is you, the person putting the content. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying in general, right? The problem in that case is the person that's making the content, they can't get a response to what it is that they're doing. YouTube's showing your content to people. So what you want to do is if you go into your um, YouTube analytics, here, I'll show you. Let me just pick a, pick a video here. Um, if you go into your YouTube analytics, we'll just use this one because it has a lot of impressions on it, just so I can clearly demonstrate this. If you go into your YouTube analytics, one of the things you're gonna see is you're gonna see this for each individual video that you publish, right? So what this is, is this is how many impressions that you're getting on the video. If you have a channel that is like brand new and you're pushing the content out there, people aren't responding to it that great, all of that, then the impressions that you have are most likely gonna be relatively low if people are not responding to it. Like, um, like for example, here, I'll, I'll show you because I've got a video that I published recently on my channel that people aren't really responding to. Um, let's see here. 
actually responded to it a little bit better now, um, but it's but it's still not not great. Um, let's see here. Great example. Okay, so here, if I switch this one to like the last 90 days, so here, just because people aren't responding to it that great, you can see the impressions are just continually, oops, you can see the impressions on this particular video are just continually dropping off, right? So you'll see, you know, I'll experiment with the thumbnail, I'll get a little spike here, a little spike there, but then because the video content itself isn't that awesome in terms of just people, you know, just didn't respond well to that video, I didn't put it together great, right? This is one of the ones I edited myself. I should have passed this off to the guard, <laughs> but, um, but it was, just, it was a screen recording video. It wasn't really, you know, that, that dynamic, but basically, uh, in this particular situation, you just see the impressions tapering off because, you know, people just aren't, you know, responding to that video that great. Um, so because of that, if you publish a video and here, I'll, I'll actually pull up, a, a another one here. Give me one second on a, um, I'll just pick it. I'll, I'll just pick another channel here. Um, let's do this one. So this one is on a brand new channel. Um, it's about, um, on a video, um, on a brand new channel. Um, this is about, um, let's see here. Yeah, it's, it started, um, right after August. Um, but basically this is that first video and you can see here how, you know, the, there's like a rise of impressions and then it kind of drops off and then a big spike of impressions, but it's still not getting a lot of impressions, right? So in that particular case, that particular video um, just is not, it hasn't found its footing yet. So, you know, that's perfectly okay because um, I understand how this whole thing works. But if you don't know how, you know, all this stuff works, you'll see that sort of thing and you'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, YouTube isn't showing my videos to people and stuff like that. And it's like, just keep learning how to resonate with that audience. And the better you get at resonating with that audience that you're trying to reach, the more YouTube is going to, um, you know, show your content to those people and other people that are like them as well. Um, okay, so uh, let's see here. Next up on our list, current channels on photography tips and I completed one year. Nice, nice. Yeah, photography tips, you know, like that's easy because you can like with that, um, you know, you can, you can have like some of your content that you target for search or even all of your content that you target for search. Um, so then you can tap into that until you get good at writing titles and, you know, um, you know, making thumbnails that are, that are more appropriate for like homepages and suggested videos. Um, and, um, you know, while you're learning how to make the better content that people respond to better and things like that, I would be going for long tail keyword phrases right now with your thumbnail photographer or with your, um, photography videos. So that, you can make sure that you are, um, you know, giving yourself, you know, at least some traffic source that you're able to tap into because YouTube search is like the low hanging fruit um, in terms of just like the easiest way to get views. Um, let's see here. So next up, we got Guardian uh, Piplup. So hey, Nick, I'm trying to get my first 100. Any tips? Um, so in terms of your first 100 subscribers, 100 views, um, if it is the first 100 anything on YouTube, here's what I recommend. Focus on Brian G. Johnson's in the chat right now. One of the things that he mentioned just a minute ago is um, skills for subs. Let me, um, I think he even has that shirt. I need to pick one of those up. Um, let's see here. I, I'm looking for it right now so I can put up on screen if it's, um, if I see it here. Still looking, still looking. Hopefully it, I get to it before the um, cutoff. Yeah, so I don't see it. But anyway, he made a post um, just, a, just a minute ago um, where he said, you know, skills for subs. We were talking about something else. And the thing with um, what he means by that is when you're first getting started, the best thing, oh, here it is right there. The best thing that you can do when you're first getting started 
is, of course, you want to pay attention to what's going on. You want to pay attention to how many views you're getting. You want to pay attention to how many impressions you're getting. You want to pay attention to how people are responding to your videos. But you also have to understand that, you know, if you're just getting started with this, you're just getting started with this. So because of that, um, the best thing that you can do right now is while you're paying attention to how many views am I getting, how many subscribers am I getting, how many comments and likes am I getting, how long are people watching my videos, how often are people clicking on my thumbnails when they're seen in, on search or when they're seen on home pages or when they're seen being suggested. While you're paying attention to all that, the thing that you need to focus on right now while you're just getting started is like learning how to do all this stuff because, you know, there's a skill and an art to getting people to click on thumbnails. There's a skill and an art to to learning how to keep people watching your videos for a competitive amount of time. There's a skill and of art of knowing when to make certain videos, when to publish certain videos based on who it is that you're making content for. And you know, those are all things that you gotta learn. So what I recommend that you do is that you focus right now on making more content. So what I mean by that is instead of saying like, okay, of course you want to get your hundred subscribers fast. Of course you want to get your first hundred thousand or first thousand subscribers. Of course you want to get your first, you know, 50 and a hundred thousand subscribers as fast as you can. However, there's a process that you got to go through. Just like if you were to start playing guitar today, or if you were to start, you know, playing basketball today and you've never played before, you got to go through the process of learning how to dribble. You got to go through the process of learning how to do a, a, a three throw shot. Um, right. Or a three pointer, right. You got to, you know, learn how to do that. You got to learn how to do a free throw shot. Um, you got to learn, you know, the, the rules of the game, you know, all that good stuff. YouTube's the same exact way. So like when you first come on, you can't expect to be in the NBA, <laughs> right? So, uh, so in, in that, you know, example, so you can't expect to be on the NBA and walk onto like a pro court, right. When you first come on, if you don't have any of those types of skills already from your background that you can apply to what it is that you're doing on YouTube. So what I recommend that you do right now, if you're just getting started, Really, really spend time, you know, watching videos on like how to edit videos, watching videos on how to make thumbnails, watching videos on design, um, because, you know, there's concepts in design that you can also use in your thumbnails, watching videos on photography, because, you know, you're working on YouTube, unless you're doing shorts, you're working uh, or stories, you're working within a uh, 16 by nine ratio, right? So there's certain rules in terms of imagery um, that are typically applied to, you know, to design that are applied to, you know, photography and videography in terms of making something look flattering in terms of framing, in terms of where you're positioned in the frame, that kind of stuff. So you want to make sure that you're learning all of that stuff so you can apply it to what it is that you're doing. And if you do that and then you keep publishing content, you keep thinking, hey, what's the what's the best thing that I can do for my audience right now in terms of the content that I'm making to add value to them? You just keep walking down that path. You'll do fine. Um, if you are like, Hey, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, you know, I'm just going to do whatever. Um, then in that case that can work sometimes that does work for people. However, most people, it does not. So because of that, you know, you want to make sure that you are, you know, that you're not just doing your thing and just hoping that it's going to work out. You want to make sure that you're being somewhat strategic about it at least. Um, but you also want to make sure that while you're doing your thing, you're also going through the process of, of that skill development so that you can make sure that, you know, that you're, that you're armed, so to speak, with all of the um, tools and information that you need to really give this thing a serious go. If you are, um, you know, if you're trying to get that first, you know, 100 anything um, on YouTube. Advice on converting TikTok followers Super to YouTube track. subs. Um, absolutely. So, um, so one thing that, um, of course that you'll obviously see flow over from is if you, you know, have good content on TikTok that, you know, where you'll get substantial amounts of views. And then of course you lead people to your link in bio. If you don't even tell people to go to your link in bio, people are still going to go to your link in bio and you'll get an overflow from that. Um, but basically what you want to do is either have your YouTube channel link directly in your, um, TikTok bio 
or link to a link tree. So a link tree is basically to where, um, and you can, you know, there's a bunch of different the, uh, different versions of this online. We actually have one coming out with tube spanner as well, but basically with a link tree, all it is, is it's a, it's a, it's a domain name or URL, um, that you put into your bio. And then when people click on that, there's a, there's like a string of information. It usually all looks like buttons. Some, some of them let you have like video players, stuff like that. But basically at the very top of that, put your YouTube channel, right? And then within that one, put, you know, whatever it is that you are, like, if you have other things, then other social media accounts, then put your YouTube channel at the top. But if you're like, Hey, all I have is my YouTube channel, my TikTok. Then in that case, just put a raw link to your YouTube channel um, in your bio. And then that way, when you have videos pop, then you know you will get some overflow from there. Another thing is to have little graphics that pop up in your TikTok videos, letting people know that you have uh, you know, a YouTube channel as well, or you just verbally mentioning that you have a YouTube channel as well. You know, follow me here on TikTok. Um, also as a heads up, you know, you can also find me on YouTube. So then that way, you know, for the people that, you know, that are crossovers, which a lot of people are, um, then those people know that they can also find you on YouTube as well. Um, like I just recently, uh, not recently, about a month ago, um, there's a uh, music person, her name's Kara, that I was getting a lot of really good um, music information from on TikTok. So um, so with her, she mentioned, I didn't even know she had a YouTube channel, but she just happened to mention it in passing on one of her TikTok videos. And I was like, oh, duh, didn't even think to look for her on YouTube. So then I went over to YouTube and I manually searched for her. Like a lot of people won't put that effort in, but I did. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna look for her over there because her information is like so awesome um, that I'm going to make sure I'm subscribed to her over there as well so I can watch her videos over on YouTube. Um, but basically... I worked with a guy um, at one point that was going like really hard on TikTok and he was going kind of like eh, on, on YouTube, but like his TikTok started blowing up. It was like when, when it was first coming out and, um, and anytime he had a video pop on, um, on TikTok, he would just get flooded um, over on his YouTube channel. And he ended up getting a substantial amount of subscribers on his YouTube channel just because of his TikTok account. It was just flow over from his TikTok account. So you can definitely bring people over. Uh, but keep in mind though, like if it's it, like, if you're on TikTok, in most cases, you just want to sit there and just go through content on TikTok. You don't necessarily want to leave TikTok and go to YouTube. So you want to keep that in mind too. Um, and just think that it's going to be like just the most hardcore people that really get into your content are going to be the ones that want to go over there and follow you elsewhere. Super chat. Um, oops, already did that one. So Marta O. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Next time you get the chance, go to NimminVIP.com. That will redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. Make sure you fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify that you are a member um, on the way in. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, let me keep going down through this here. Ozzy Stoner's channel, super thank chat. you for the super chat. I appreciate it. You also have a fantastic weekend mike just a heads up i just let you into the uh facebook group so feel free to go over there and um, check that out so um let's see here so as we keep on going through this list here let's go ahead and pull a, a question out of the chat here so if you got a question here's what i want you to do put a q in front of your question hey shelly what's up hope you're doing fantastic shelly saves the day in the house so um uh if you have a question about um anything related to YouTube just put a Q in front of your question and just go ahead and drop your question and I'm going to pull some of these directly out of the um directly out of the chat right now. Um let's see here. So um Albitastic says does YouTube take note of the captions to decide what the video is about? Yeah, so the captions are um one that's YouTube, you know, making the content accessible for people, but in addition to that that is also taken into context for understanding what the video is about. So one thing that's crazy to think about is that YouTube systems, um, they actually are looking at your video and they're pulling information from what it's seeing in the video. So for example, 
if, you know, like if I'm making a video about coffee, right? If I'm, if I'm making a video about coffee and I have this shot where I'm sitting here about, you know, talking about, you know, this great coffee, or this great coffee cup, then in that case, YouTube system is going to, is going to identify, you know, face, human, glasses, um, lights, it might even detect stormtrooper back here, um, you know, cup, maybe coffee cup. Um, it might even say like duck. It might even see the text on here that says stream yard and call that. It might see the Nimmin in the background and put that in, you know, text blocks. But basically it sees everything that's going on and it and their systems, their artificial intelligence is using all of that to like, you know, the things that are said in the video and the things that it sees in the video to help their system determine what's going on in the video. Um, it's not a perfect system though. So, you know, because of that, you wanna make sure that you are going through your captions, that you're cleaning up your captions if there are um, things that are incorrect in your captions, because, you know, if the system is getting it incorrect, then that means that there might be some type of broken context there. So because of that, you wanna make sure that you're going through and you're double checking the captions, the auto-generated captions, um, if you're using them in your video. Um, Doug says, I missed a super chat from salad, uh, see your salad cream boy. Give me one second. I'm scrolling around looking for that. And, and that must've been way back here, man. I don't see it. Um, hold on. Give me one second here. In the meantime, if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Yeah, I don't see it here in this tool that I'm using. Give me one second, because um, I'm testing a, a tool right now that we're um, that we're building, and um, and it's collecting some of that. So let me see if it missed one. Give me one second here, Doug. So um, let's see here. So what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for a super chat. Um, I think it is from Salad Cream Boy, and um, yeah, I don't uh, see here twenty first. Oh, I do see it. Yeah. So um, let's hear the 21st. Okay. So if I'm filming, yeah, thanks for that. So it looks like the, the, the thing didn't identify it. Hold on. So this was after DMV MTB. So give me one second, just because I need to cross-reference this later. Oh, so this happened before that. I wonder if that happened before I was live, maybe. Okay. So um, let's see here. Salad Cream Boy um, says, yeah, this super was the first chat. Super Chat. This might have happened before I was live. I'm not sure. Says, um, if I'm filming part of my product recommendations in a store, do I need to ask their permission? <laughs> so technically, I would say it's probably best practice to ask for permission, but most stores won't let you do that. Shopping malls won't let you do that. Um, when you are, excuse me, when you are, um, when you are, Recording in a store, it's often that, you know, security guards and stuff will come and ask you to leave. So, you know, it's pretty good chance that um, that the places will not give you um, permission to do that. But, you know, you might find some outliers, but, you know, technically, because you are in there on private property, then, you know, technically you are supposed to get um, permission. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people just make the stuff. Um, so, of course, that's your risk to take um, um, when it comes to, you know, what it is that you decide to do there. <laughs> but technically, yeah, you should get uh, you should get permission. Science based fitness says, um, Nick, does using timestamps help in Google search or in the algorithm? So, um, so both is yes, it can. So, um, in terms of Google search, um, it can definitely help there. Um, in terms of, and what you want to do there when you are using the timestamps or the, or the chapters, when you are doing that, you want to make sure that when you're titling those chapters, so you have the timestamp and then you have the actual chapter that you're thinking like, okay, if somebody's looking for this part of the video, how would they be searching for this? And you would want to make sure that next to that timestamp that you're using that, right? That you're, that you're saying that specific language next to that in terms of how somebody would look for that. Um, and then in terms of, um, YouTube, 
it's helpful because if people are skipping through your videos and finding the things that they care about and it helps them, you know, have a better response to your content, then of course that helps YouTube understand that they enjoyed that content. And then therefore um, will help the video perform better because people are enjoying the content. Same exact thing goes if you don't use captions as well in terms of, you know, if people come in, they enjoy the content, so on and so forth. Um, then, you know, as long as it's a good experience for the viewer, then that's the most important thing to YouTube. So um, if it's through chapters, if it's not using chapters, both of them, you know, will be beneficial as long as people respond to the content. But in your case, you want to make sure you're thinking about what's appropriate for the type of content that you make. Um, I mentioned this early in the stream today, but one of the conversations that I had with my partner manager, which is new, I just got a partner manager finally after all this time. So I'm like grateful for that. But one of the conversations that we were having was just the appropriateness of, you know, like the type of content that you're making versus using chapters for it. So like, for example, if you have like story-based content, um, to where, you know, like you're a vlogger and you're taking people through this experience that you're having, then in that case, you know, it might not necessarily, depending on how your video is structured, it might not necessarily be a good fit for chapters in that one, because if they skip through different parts, then they're going to miss big core pieces of the, of, of the story, right? The thing that actually makes the video, the video. So, you know, in that case, you know, with the type of content that you're putting out, if you're like, you know, Hey, this is science-based fitness. I'm teaching people how to do very specific things. Then your content's a great fit to experiment with chapters. And what I mean by that is if it's like, you know, Hey, this is uh, you know, like how we're going to work out like a tricep and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, you know, this is like a front way to do it. This is a back way to do it. This is a side way to do it. You know, however that works out. <laughs> then in that case, you know, breaking it down into chapters that way um, would help people find, you know, the thing that matters to them when it comes to what it is that they're trying to learn about working out their tricep as an example. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list says, thanks, Nick. I have fragrances, lifestyle channels, over 200 videos, but videos are getting fewer views in the last month. Any advice? Absolutely. So first you want to uncover why, um, I mean, it could just be, you know, seasonality. It could be that there are more, Hey, thank you, Roger. So if you are, um, if you are making videos in a store, thank you so much for saying this. I should have said this, but it, it, I, it didn't come to my mind. So when you are making videos in a store, make sure that you're also being mindful of the music because, you know, a lot of them do have soft music playing. And then if you are, um, if you have that in your video, when you upload it, then you can have copyright issues as well. Thank you um, for that one. Um, but in terms of your videos getting less views. So the very first thing you want to do is you want to consider some things like just seasonality, you know, people being, you know, a lot of people being on YouTube, you know, right now versus a lot of people you're not being on YouTube based on weather and, you know, other events that are going on in the world in terms of, um, you know, sporting events, you know, things like that, anything that can pull people's attention away from YouTube. Um, in addition to that, you also, for the type of content that you make, in addition to that, um, you also want to figure out like where your traffic is actually coming from so that you can figure out if there's a very specific thing that's going on. So for example, um, if you go into your YouTube analytics, you can actually chart out like, hey, this is my traffic sources. This is, you know, like what I was getting last month compared to this month. Um, you can compare, you know, months against each other um, and periods against each other, I should say, and months. But basically, you can actually chart it out to where you can see um, like, hey, this is, you know, the suggested traffic that I was getting. This is the browse traffic. This is my search traffic. And then you can see like, hey, did I have fall offs anywhere to where, you know, maybe one was going up and that's where my views were coming from. And then now it kind of fell off. Um, and then if it fell off, it could be, um, and you would need to further explore. So it's like, this is the problem. This is what happened. Now let me see which videos were impacted by this. And then you start digging into your video content. You start seeing which videos specifically were the ones that, you know, caused that drop off. And, um, like, let's say it was homepage traffic. And then you start looking into like, okay, now they're, you know, what happened? Did they start getting less impressions? Did people start responding to them less? Um, if that was the case, then one, if it's already proven to be performing content, it'll probably come back later. Um, but if not, 
Um, if it was just like a new video or maybe you published more videos or something like that. And because you were publishing more videos at that time, you became, um, you know, your own um, suggested traffic source because you had a lot of the new um, tags where YouTube is testing your content all over the platform more in that first seven day period. So then when that happens, then you tend to suggest yourself a lot more traffic um, that way from those videos as well. Um, but you know, you basically dig into your analytics and you'd look into those types of things to figure out what's going on. Um, so you keep the seasonality in mind, you keep kind of what's going on in the world or around your type of content in mind. And then you dig into your stats and you start figuring out the videos that were impacted or the things that you were doing before that you're not doing now. Other things that you got to consider as well is, you know, sometimes content creators change and, ch and content creators change things. Um, so for example, maybe um, like some things that can happen is like your tone can change over time in terms of how you're actually addressing and interacting with your audience. Um, one thing that happens with content creators, is they start out humble, right? You start out humble and you're like, Hey, you know, I, you know, Hey, every viewer, you know, I, I appreciate you. And then, you know, like once you get, you know, a thousand subscribers or 10,000 subscribers or whatever it is, some people will all of a sudden, you know, they start treating their audience a little bit different differently. And that can cause their channels to, you know, be impacted as well. Because the thing that people, you know, connected to them with, they just don't, they're just not that person anymore. And then therefore, you know, that can, that can cause those types of um, things. Um, so there's that kind of thing. In addition to that, what else? Um, Traffic sources, um, in terms of uh, sources drying up, um, how you're interacting with your audience, um, your publishing schedule, you know, also matters. So like if you publish less, for example, then in a lot of cases, um, if, if you are primarily like browse and suggested traffic, but then you start publishing less, um, then you'll notice that your browse and suggested traffic usually um, ends up taking, you know, some kind of hit. It can be a substantial hit or just a little bit of a hit. Um, if you are mainly a search-based channel, then things, you know, typically will be a little bit more consistent. Um, yeah, those types of things are um, are what you kind of want to dig into. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going, um, let's go here. Um, questions, questions. Okay, so this one, we're pulling this one out of the chat as well. So if you've got a question, um, just put a cue in front of it. So I know it's for me and not a side conversation um, in the chat. And, um, and then we go there. So right here, we've got, um, Sook says, what did you do to get famous? Um, first off, I'm not famous. <laughs> uh, second off, um, I just focused really hard on adding value to the people that I'm trying to reach with my content, which is, you know, the people that are hanging out here, just YouTube content creators in general. Um, I focused on that. I focused on taking it seriously, right? Cause this stuff is not a joke. Um, you know, like there's a lot of opportunity that can come from having a YouTube channel. Like a lot of people will take the approach like, Hey, this is fun. And you know, that kind of stuff. And it is, but then, you know, this is also, it can be a very serious thing that can, you know, that can, that can generate a lot of just incredible opportunities and help you make a very, you know, heavy impact on other people. Um, so, you know, just taking it seriously, um, is another thing. And, um, of course, just being consistent over time, constantly trying to think of how I can do things better. How can I can, I can connect better, uh, making good content decisions, you know, all of that type of thing, um, is what has caused my channel to do well over time. And you can actually see it reflected. So basically like, um, since like when I, when I was around 700,000 subscribers, I was like, all right, I've been grinding for a while. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break here for a little bit. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of go into maintenance mode and you can see it reflected in, in my stats. Like if you go to my social blade, you'll see, I mean, of course the pandemic, you know, that made a huge impact as well in terms of the, the spike that happened there. But if you look, you know, like right before, um, like all that started happening, um, then you'll see, you know, my stats just kind of, kind of went down just kind of leveled out a little bit. Cause I went from you know, like two videos a week to one video a week. And then just kind of in a maintenance mode from that, instead of experimenting and things like that, like you typically do. Um, but now luckily I'm on the backside of 
of that and um and starting this coming week i thought i was going to do it this week but i got a little sidetracked with some other things but starting this coming week i'm starting to publish more content i've already got some of those videos uh recorded but um but i'm going to be publishing more content and i'm um, kind of getting back on the horse in terms of um you know just just bringing more you know value to you guys as well so um so that's basically why you know i have a lot of uh, subscribers on my youtube channel um, let's see here. So next up on the list, let's go into more of these questions. Um, do you recommend Facebook page for monetization of my videos or should I just focus on the YouTube platform? People are making a lot of money on Facebook too. So if you're looking for monetization, um, you know, like if, if your content is appropriate to put on YouTube, to put on Facebook, to put on Instagram reels, to put on TikTok, like there's nothing wrong with distributing your content, like all over the place. Nothing wrong with that at all. What's your opinion about introducing yourself at the start of the video? I'm considering um, if it's better to do it um, at the end after people have gotten the value. So it's good to introduce yourself um, in terms of, you know, just letting people know who you are. That's fine. That's like a normal thing. And that's also part of getting people into the content. That's perfectly okay. The thing that you don't want to do is you just don't want to waste a bunch of time doing a bunch of things that people don't really care about that are just nothing more than just wasting time. Um, you know, if it's just, you know, Hey, you know, Marcus, you know, welcome to the channel. Um, today we're, you know, we're talking about this or I'm showing you this or, you know, whatever the thing is, that's perfectly okay. Um, the thing that you just don't want to do is you don't want to just insert a bunch of stuff that, that just adds no value whatsoever. Right. So, um, so because of that, um, you know, just introducing yourself is fine. Um, cause you know, absolutely. You want to get people into the content, um, as fast as possible. But you know, the, the, one of the things with YouTube is, you know, it is a personality based thing. So you have, you know, like the information side, you have the education side, you have, you know, all of the other entertainment side as well. Um, but then you also have the side of, you know, people connecting with the creator. So part of the connecting with the creator is that you, you know, you, enter, you know, let people know who you are. Um, you know, you have, you know, all your personal stuff that you share, you know, throughout the content, your little, you know, the little nuggets of little, you know, stories or personal references that you make through the content that you're, you know, putting out that kind of stuff so that, you know, so that, so that people can, can connect with the human side of you. Right. So, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about, um, introducing yourself, um, and, and looking that at that as a bad thing. Um, I would, I would actually look at that as a, as a good thing. Um, other things that you can do though, if you just want to experiment in terms of like, if there is any impact in your retention, switch the verbal thing, um, and you know, where you introduce yourself there to getting into the content, but then having like a lower third that pops up that has your name on it. And then, you know, like a title of some kind, or maybe like your YouTube channel tagline or something like that. Um, let's see here as we keep on going through the list, I'm pulling some of these out of the, um, out of the chat now. So I'm just kind of going through them. Um, how do I get more reach on my live streams? You want to make sure that you are packaging up your live streams, just like a piece of video content. So what I mean by that is make sure you have unique titles, unique thumbnails for them as well. If you're trying to get a new audience with your live streams. Um, so make sure that you are, you know, packaging them up like a piece of video content so that when you're live, right? Like, um, live video has a lot of weight. And what that means is while you're live, like that time during while you're live, if it's for 30 minutes, for an hour, for three hours, whatever, YouTube is testing your content all over the place. So, you know, your videos can show up in search, your videos can show up on home pages, your videos can show up suggested next to other videos. So because of that, you want to make sure that your live stream is optimized in a way that helps the people that you're trying to reach to pull them into your content to be a part of your show um, so that you can make sure that you're packaging everything in a way to help them identify that what you're doing in your live stream is something that they care about. So let's say, for example, you're a gamer. Um, if you're a gamer, then in that case, if you are putting out content on a specific game, you want to make sure that visually they can identify through your thumbnail that, that, that your live stream has something to do with that game. So it might not necessarily be all about you, 
the entire focus might be on the actual game because you're trying to get new viewers, right? So the entire focus could be on the actual game imagery itself. And then the actual title itself would be something um, that would help give them context into what it is that you're doing in the stream. But if possible, you also want to make your stream something that is interesting. So for example, there's a difference between Fortnite, uh, uh, Fortnite Let's Play as a title and getting number, trying to get number one in Fortnite with, um, without, without, uh, without, uh, without a weapon, right? Like there's, that, that's two totally different approaches in terms of the title, because if you use the same thumbnail, right, that helps them identify that you're talking about Fortnite, but then you have, you know, Fortnite let's play, which is kind of like, okay, there's a million of those, or this is what I'm trying to do in this stream. So then it makes it interesting, right? So just when you are, when you're packaging it up, you just want to make sure that you're taking that approach in terms of like, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing in the live stream. Like, how can I build my entire live stream around doing something that more people find interesting so that I can actually leverage that when I'm packaging this content up in terms of putting the, you know, thumbnail together and the, and the title together so that I can, you know, use that in a way to where it's like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see if this person can, can actually accomplish that, you know? So, um, so that's kind of the idea. Um, let's see here as we keep on going through this list here, Doug saying value first. Absolutely. Um, let's see here as we keep on going. Um, is it possible to get views on old games? Absolutely. It is. There's tons of retro gaming channels out there. Um, well updating the, I'm going through like, this is a lightning round. That's what we're going to call this one. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to start crushing through some of these. So here we go. I need lightning round music so here. Give me one second. So what kind of music do you guys think that I should have for lightning round music? I'm going to, I'm going to change this music here. So like if we were to go genre wise or mood wise here in epidemic sound, what do you think would be like lightning round, lightning round music? So I can just start crushing through some of these questions here. What do you think? What do you think? I need your feedback here. I need your feedback. Give me the feedback. <laughs> let's see here. So I'm going to go into genres. Let's go into, let's go into moods. Epic. Yeah, maybe epic will be the thing. Go into that. Let me go back into this, go into moods, and then we're just going to go with epic. And then we'll see how this goes. Epic sentimental, no. Um, <clears throat> suspense, busy and frantic. Perfect. Let's see what this sounds like real quick. Hold on. Still pretty chill, though. Yeah, I don't think that's it. Um, let's see. Am I the only one? Yeah, I'm trying to find something to where I can be like, ah, yeah, to where I can just kind of like ride it out for a minute. So we have um, here epic for sure. Elevator music, <laughs> definitely not elevator music. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Busy and Frantic is not going to work, so let's go with uh, Restless, maybe? Come on. Yes, might be okay. All right. So here we go. Well, up, well, updating the descriptions of your videos negatively impact the algorithm, specifically adding timestamps, updating links, etc. No, you are good to go. So you just want to make sure that if you are um, targeting search traffic, let me turn this down just a little bit. There we go. You want to make sure that if you're targeting search, um, that you do make sure that you still have, you know, the keyword, keyword phrase that you're um, trying to show up for um, in your description as well, just for relevancy, right, to make it easier. Um, so you want to make sure that you're doing that. Um, but outside of that, no, you're fine. Um, let's see here. Should I private or unlist my old videos that are not doing well? Um, it's your call. Um, you want to give them a little bit of time first to make sure that, you know, YouTube won't find the, uh, that YouTube won't find the right audience for them. 
Um, so if they're not doing well, it could just be because they're being shown to the right people. I would give them at least six months before you take them down. Um, how do you make more? Um, how do you make more people that watch your content subscribe to you? Value. It all comes from value. It comes from making it clear the value that you offer to your audience in terms of spreading awareness about why you're, you know, like, hey, this is what we do on this channel, right? Um, let's see here. Uh, would having a family-friendly gaming uh, channel affect your chances of at a job in the future? Technically, I guess. I mean, it kind of could. If somebody, you know, if the if the interviewer was like, you know, hey, I saw you on YouTube. I didn't like what you were doing there. Technically, yeah. Um, it might help you as well find a job through your audience as well if you're looking for a job. So, um, so you know, there's two sides of that coin. Um, let's see, have you ever experienced being demotivated when it comes to your channel? What did you do about it? Absolutely, I went through like a full-blown burnout. And it wasn't on this channel, it was on another channel. Um, what I did is I said, okay, I'm not gonna do that channel anymore, or at least I'm gonna take a break on it, and I'm gonna come back to this channel um, because then I can balance things better in terms of like, you know, work and YouTube because I wasn't full-time, obviously, when I first started. So, um, so yeah, I've absolutely been through that in a massive way and I had to pivot because of it. Um, so um, there's been other times as well to where, you know, like to where I've just been like, you know, like, hey, I've made a bunch of these videos, but you know, like, um, let me think of how I can uh, like uh, re-energize myself to make a bunch more. And, um, and that typically comes down through, you know, just trying to find creative ways to express what it is that I'm doing. So like, if you are in a situation where you're kind of demotivated, then one, dig in, digging into a deep why, in terms of like, why am I even doing this in the first place is helpful. Two, trying to think of how you can do something in a new way or a fresher way, or just how you can kind of express your content in just a new way for yourself, right? And to kind of test that to see how your audience responds to it. Um, so how did you start when you began a YouTuber? Because I need advice. Um, when I first got started, um, I just started publishing videos. I didn't know who I was making content for. I didn't know, I didn't have an audience at the time. I started like a lot of people where I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then I ended up working on another channel. I got the opportunity to, you know, learn um, through somebody that knew what it was that they were doing. And in addition to that, um, um, I was able to, you know, see exactly what it was that we were doing, you know, with my channel at that time, which was, you know, thriving. And, um, uh, and then, you know, and then just kind of took it from there. Um, but basically, you know, when you first get started, you just have to go through the process of learning how to do the whole thing, just like if you were to start playing an instrument. Um, is it better to focus on a couple of games or variety in a gaming channel or better being uh, genre focused? So I recommend when you're first getting started, start with a specific game and then slowly test other content so that you can start to identify are people coming to my channel for the game or they come into my channel for me um, or is there like a hybrid of both? Um, if you find that they're coming there just for that game, then in that case, keep making the videos on that game or pivot into something that's similar. Um, if you find that, you know, you can make whatever you want because they're coming there for you, then you have the golden ticket um, on YouTube and, um, and then you can start embracing that. So, um, hello, Marie Nicole. What's up? Hope you're doing great. It says my latest video has a CT as a 2.6 CTR. I've changed the thumbnail and title several times, and I can't seem to revive it. Is there anything else that I can do? Keep experimenting. So, all of the stuff that you're doing right now, um, if you can't revive it, then um, then first you just need to make sure you're looking at your impressions. Um, you need to make sure that you're looking at where exactly that 2.6 is coming from. Like, dig into the traffic sources for it. Um, but then start thinking of just repackaging the entire thing and really spend time just experimenting on the entire package from the outside. Um, um, because if people just aren't clicking on it, if you're not getting a lot of views and people still aren't clicking, um, then you really need to work on on thumbnails and titles. Um, you're a channel member, so, um, so 
do a screenshot of the thumbnail and title that you currently have, drop it in the Facebook group and tag me in the members only group. And, um, and I'll take a, and I'll take a, a look at it. Show me some of the different versions that you've done so that I can see like, okay, she's tried this. She's tried this. She's, she's tried this. And then I might be able to give you some um, suggestions from there. Um, would having a family friendly gaming channel affect your chances at each? Oh, we did that one already. I'll know we did this. Um, lower third's a great idea. We did that one on the gaming channel um, as we keep on going here. Okay, is it okay for you to share your content across all platforms? Um, then why in the past streams you mentioned that YouTube doesn't want you to send people off their platform? Um, YouTube doesn't want you to send people off of their platform. And if you are sending a lot of people off of the platform, it can negatively impact the video. However, um, if people respond highly to your content, then you can still send people off platform. So when you're first getting started, um, it's a good idea to to make sure that you're being very strategic about what it is that you're sending people off platform for and that you're very intentional about every link that's leading off of YouTube. Um, when it comes to um, uh, uh, bringing people from other platforms onto YouTube, that's a win because you're actually starting sessions on your channel at that point in time and YouTube loves that. Um, let's see here, question for Nick. What are um, analytics um, for trends you are seeing in response to different pandemic roller coaster changes? So um, in terms of, do you mean like like Google trends or like, or I mean like, do you mean like just trending topics in general? Like I'm, I'm not sure the specifics on, on what you mean there um, with that particular question. Um, let's see here. So we just jumped past that one. I posted five videos, three to good and two flopped. How to get consistent results, keep going. So you just published five videos like you haven't even put your toe in the water yet. So um, like you're approaching the lake, <laughs> right? So so keep publishing videos. So what you want to do is the ones that did good, um, you want to go in, dig into the analytics there, figure out where the traffic was coming from on those. You want to figure out the, the, um, the, the actual numbers behind the traffic. So for example, you'll find that, um, you know, like this is what your click-through rate looked like from, from a homepage. This is what your average view duration looked like from the homepage. Um, and you want to start, you know, compiling that information so that you can start to identify what performing content looks like on your channel. You also want to look at the topic. You also want to analyze what you did in those videos in terms of how you edited them, the things that you focused on, the pacing in terms of how fast you were talking, in terms of how fast you were cutting the videos or how slow you were cutting the videos. You know, you want to, you want to unpack all of that stuff on the videos that did better compared to the stuff that didn't. And you want to compare them against each other a lot. So you can be like, hey, I did this in this video, this video, I didn't do this. Or, you know, I did my title this way in this video, my title this way in this video. I used this imagery in my thumbnail. I did this imagery in this thumbnail. You, you want to start taking note of all of that stuff. Um, do you keep playing your live streams? You keep going? Um, yeah, for these live streams, I don't plan these. The only plan is that I know that I'm going to come on here and I'm going to answer um, your questions. That's it. Um, should I edit Facebook live recordings before posting on YouTube? Um, yeah, I would because, you know, typically when people start live streams, they start them, you know, with like, you know, a bunch of space in the beginning, things like that. So yeah, I would, I would edit them up a little bit, clean them up because when you publish it to YouTube, it's a piece of video content, which means that um, it's not a live stream. So you want to condense it down so it doesn't feel as much like a live stream. Um, Science-based fitness says I've been making shorts. Um, will that hurt my channel? Um, it can, like if, um, well, I won't say that it can hurt it per se, but like, if you are not going to, if you're like, you know what, I'm actually a long form channel. Um, and I need to be a long form channel for the information that I share. Then in that case, I would just keep doing long form content. If you are, um, using shorts, just kind of like an experiment, I wouldn't do it too much. So, you know, experiment with them. Um, but I wouldn't do it too much. Um, I would actually try that on another channel compared to, you know, polluting your channel with a bunch of shorts right now. Um, once they get everything separated, cause right now all the stats are kind of intermingled. Once they get all that separated, then in that case, um, you know, you might have a better, uh, you know, 
you'll, you'll be able to, to see things separated so it doesn't necessarily pollute all the data that you're looking at in your channel. But just from a from a data standpoint, like I would I would separate them right now just so that you're not, you know, polluting everything if you're getting a lot of views. If you're not getting a lot of views and stuff like that yet, um, then in that, which I think that you're doing okay. But if you're not, then um, then in that case, you know, experimenting with shorts and stuff is fine right now. But once you actually start getting some momentum, I'd be really careful. Um, let's see here. Um, I just did a live stream last night. My title was Clash of Clans, live-based reviews. Good title, no. So, I mean, technically you're saying that this is what it is that you do, um, but, you know, you want to think like, okay, this is just saying what it is that I do, but if I'm live and I'm trying to pull people in from the live or from the live replay, then in that case, I need to try to make this exciting or interesting in some way um, so that people will be like, oh, I wonder if they're going to be able to accomplish this or I wonder if they're going to be able to do this or like, hey, this is something that, you know, that I've been trying to do or something like that. So you want to just try to make it more interesting. So the, your title's informative. So you're, you're there in terms of like, you know, that definitely gives context, but in terms of like trying to get people to click more and be more interested in what it is that you're doing, um, I would try to um, repackage that and make it a little bit more interesting next time. Uh, let's see here. Explode V2 says I used to have good views, but stopped uploading for five months now. My impressions and views are low. Yep. Um, welcome back to the club or welcome back to the club. That was my thoughts. Welcome to the club. Um, but, um, how to build back up was your, was your, um, thing there at the end so what you have to do is you have to start publishing again start publishing again start publishing on a regular basis get your consistency back together and then your your channel will um will end up uh being okay uh let's see here game show music that would have been fantastic um let's see here death cat for cutie these are more of those elevator music keep going down to shorts help your channel and i've stopped posting and my views are how to build them up so if you stop posting um then you know you typically will end up losing you know some recommendation traffic so because of that um you know just start posting again um let's see here latest video we got that one already youtube shorts are good youtube shorts can be a good way to grow if you are just like hey i'm just trying to grow a youtube channel i don't care how i'm getting views i don't care how i'm getting subscribers i have no plan outside of i just want views then yeah um, if you're like, hey, you know, I have very specific things I'm trying to accomplish, then in that case, you have to think to yourself, okay, is short something that can help me accomplish that? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then I would experiment very lightly. Um, if the answer is no, then in that case, there's no reason to uh, to mess with it on your current channel. Um, let's see here. Read Aloud Adventure. Thank you. Um, value first again. Let's see here. Drum and bass. Yeah, that would have been good too. Um, let's see here. Does YouTube audit and catch on to new channels with fake subscribers views once they're able to get monetized? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so like, you know, like that whole thing, you know, like um, it's against the YouTube terms of service to artificially inflate your numbers in any way. So those people that use those, you know, those services and things like that. One, like there's, there's this company right now. I, I, I love bringing this up. There's this company right now that is, um, uh, that's advertising all over the internet and it's like, you know, organic YouTube growth. Um, and then it talks about, you know, like, uh, you know, like how, you know, they get views for you and all that stuff. And it's like, hello, that's not organic. Like if I'm paying somebody, that is not organic growth. Sorry. But anyway, um, like, you know, you want to be like, you just don't want to use those services. I was going to say you want to be careful, but no, you don't want to be careful. You just don't want to use anything like that. You want to make sure that the viewers that are coming in and interacting with your content are people that will actually be interested in your content. Because if not, then it's going to end up hurting your click through rate. And when you're, when you're just getting started, when you publish videos, like I was talking about before, if you happen to be in here for this, what I was talking about before is that when you publish your video, you have, you know, YouTube is, is showing it to people initially. 
and you know, when it's showing that those people, those first people that are interacting with your content, like it matters if those people click. So because of that, if they're showing your content to people that have just recently subscribed because they think that you know, the system thinks that those people might be a candidate because they've just recently interacted with your channel, well, it shows it to them. They don't click on it, it ends up hurting your click-through rate and your videos die. So, um, so yeah, I would avoid that at all costs. Re-release or keep um, content older than one year, plus I'm editing for better watch time and according um, percentage, according to analytics. How would new release keep effect good SEO? So I wouldn't delete content and then republish content. Um, the system can detect that. And in some cases, when you're trying to do that, you'll even get a notification that says you cannot upload this video because you already have. Um, so that kind of thing can happen. It doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Um, so you don't want to you know, re-release it. Um, you want to make a new one. So like if you had a piece of content in the past and it didn't perform as much as you would like, but you know that you could do it better now, just remake the video. Because if you uploaded a video that didn't perform before, it's not going to just magically perform now, right? Because if people just don't respond to it because you weren't doing all the right things then, then in that case, they're not going to just all of a sudden start responding to the content now. Um, so the only difference that can impact that if you were to do that is that you know the 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 understanding of who the right fit of your con uh, for your content is a year later is going to be drastically different than it was a year ago. Um, so because of that, you know that would be the only benefit to that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I would just make a better video because you're better now than you were a year ago. Um, let's see here. So um, as we go, um, do you have to be on other social media platforms to perform well on YouTube? Absolutely not. You just have to make good content for YouTube and get people to click on that content at a high rate. Um, let's see here. I don't drink. Oh, no, that wasn't it. Um, let's see here. Thanks so much for everything. My query, my pleasure. Does YouTube delete subscribers? Um, they say that they do not. Um, but every now and then there might be like a glitch or something or whatever. Um, but in terms of, you know, YouTube just going in and saying like, Hey, all of a sudden we're just going to turn, you know, all of these subscribers off for this person. No, that's not, that's not something that happens, but people do unsubscribe. So what happens there is that, um, you know, based on the content that you're publishing or based on their interests, but content publishing, they subscribe to this video, but then you make something else. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't really, I don't even know why I subscribed here and they unsubscribe. Or this content creator was making content like this. Now they're making content like this or something changed. I don't vibe with them anymore. I don't even watch this type of content anymore. So I'm unsubscribing for that. So like on my channel, I've lost over 200,000 subscribers um, on my YouTube channel, um, 250 something um, on my YouTube 60 something actually, because that's here, because I've gained like a million and 69,000, a million 70,000. Um, and I crossed 800,000. So yeah, I've, I've lost over 250,000 subscribers over my YouTube career. Um, let's see here. Social Blade, correct? Eh. Social Blade's awesome. Um, but in terms of, you know, their monetization stuff, um, like in terms of like, hey, this is how many views, this is how many subscribers, yeah. But in terms of like the monetization stuff, you see a lot of these scammy YouTube channels where they're like, hey, make make YouTube videos, uh, you know, without uploading any videos. This is what you do. And then they're like, they go to Social Blade and they're like, yeah, this channel's this channel with like 8 million subscribers on it, this meditation music channel with like, uh, we'll say 2 million subscribers on it is making like this much per month. So all you have to do is get these, like they go through this whole thing and it's like, they have no, like, oh, those channels just drive me crazy. They absolutely drive me crazy. But anyway, just in terms of like the things that they reference to try to sell you on like doing their thing and which will ultimately end up trying to sell you into their courses and stuff. It's ridiculous. But anyway, um, uh, when it comes to like how they're calculating like the, the monetization stuff, they give you just kind of like a ballpark. Um, but in some cases, it might be like sort of accurate. Um, but in a lot of cases, it's not. Um, let's see here. So, um, <laughs> Cameron Tuck says thinning the herd. Absolutely. 
So um, let's see here. Um, as we keep on going, Mile High Camper says, my channel has evolved Super into how-to videos for RV, boating, and outdoor toys. I want to start doing vlogs on camping and fishing. Do I need to start a new channel? When I ask my audience opinion, split. So here's what you got to think about. If you're targeting people that are into camping, in boating, and outdoor toys, as long as your vlogs are also made for the people that are into those things, then in that case, experiment with it publish some and see how people respond to them. Um, and by publish some, I would try like 10 of them on your channel. Um, five, maybe 10, see how people respond to them. Let them sit on the channel for a little bit. Um, so like when you first publish them, um, you know, you're, you know, some of your audience might respond. Some of your audience might not respond, but let them sit for a while, you know, three months, six months, and just kind of see if they end up gaining traction over time. Um, and you might even want to space them out a little bit, like maybe start with like, you know, Hey, we're, if we normally do eight videos a month or, you know, uh, or a video a week, if we do four, um, then in that case, if we do four, then let me, you know, try doing like one, right. Um, if I do, you know, eight videos a month, then in that case, I do, I'll do one, maybe I'll squeeze in a second one. Right. Um, so then you can just start kind of slowly letting that out, but then you focus on the core content that they come to you for, but then you start dripping in the content that you're wanting to make. But again, you got to make sure that you still make it relevant to them, right? So it's not just like, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, that's fine too. But you still need to make it around RV boating and, and outdoor toys so that they can relate, right? So it's like, hey, you know, today we're going out on this toy and then you talk about it. So it's like, hey, we're having this experience and we're adding that to the content. But we're also talking about this outdoor toy, this jet ski that we're riding, for example why we like it. We're taking this thing for a spin. So basically what you do there is you, is you transition it from like, Hey, we're just highlighting this to like, now we're changing the style or the format of the content to now we're still sharing similar information, but we're actually doing it in a vlog style format. Right. Um, let's see here. What do you recommend when shifting your channel focus from one topic to another example, switch from recommending books and lessons based on books, um, two lessons based on books. Should I just start another channel? No, not necessarily. If you think that, the um, same exact thing with the RV question that I just answered, same exact answer um, applies to you. As long as it's for the same audience, then you're fine. So like if um, you're recommending books to lessons based on books, if that audience is still a crossover and you know this better than me um, in terms of, you know, your audience that you're trying to reach, if the, if it's still a good fit for that audience, then, then you're okay. But if it's like, Hey, you know, this audience, they, they are into this kind of thing, but this is going to be outside of it, test it, you know, a handful of times on your channel. And then if it doesn't get, you know, any traction at all, then, you know, then in that case, you know, you might want to try another channel. Um, a great example of this, um, that I'll share is, you know, when I, um, this was years ago. Um, I, when I was, you know, putting out content on my channel, I, um, and I've mentioned this at a bunch in live streams, but like I had a series that I did, um, that was called mobile Mondays. And on that Monday I, I released content for mobile content creators videos first published, they, they just died. I was like, Oh, this is a bad idea. And I published another one. Oh, they didn't like this one. Okay. Uh, another one. Oh man, they're just not responding to these. Another one, man, they're just not digging these mobile videos. And I was like, okay, I'm done with the series. Not going to do it anymore. They're not responding. And then like, I was like three or six months later, those videos, um, two of those videos ended up being primary traffic drivers to my channel. Um, one of them generated over like 70,000 or 60 something thousand subscribers. Um, another one over 50,000 subscribers just on like two out of that, that very short limited series that I did. So, um, so those ones that might seem like duds out of the gate, that's why I'm always telling you like, you know, Hey, let them sit a little bit just to make sure that, you know, when YouTube's testing against people to make sure that this system has time to find the right audience for them. Um, let's see here. All right. So, um, 
I want to thank everybody for hanging out. Um, I am going to go ahead and wrap up the stream here. Um, so if you are a, a, a new content creator, somebody's just getting started, which 66% of you are, um, I recommend that, you know, during the stream, I talk about tons of stuff, right? Like we talk about, you know, stats, we talk about, you know, just different approaches to different things. You know, we talk about editing, software, like we talk about everything. So one thing that I encourage you to do is um, just make sure that, you know, cause it's real easy to get overwhelmed with all this stuff. Cause there's a ton of information, but at the end of the day, the core of YouTube and YouTube success is learning how to get people to click on what it is that you're doing, the audience you're trying to reach, learning how to get them to click, learning how to, to make content that they enjoy over and over again. Um, so those are the most important, but out of everything that you heard today, like just think to yourself, like, you know, Hey, out of the notes that I took or out of the things that I heard today, what are some things that I can start applying right now? Because it's one thing to hear all this stuff, right? There's, it's one thing to hear all this information and get knowledgeable on the information that you're hearing and like understand what's going on better on YouTube. But it's another thing to apply it because when you start applying it, then you can start, you know, using some of the other information that we talk about in the stats and stuff like that to really start uncovering like, Hey, this is the stuff people are responding to. And this is the road that I need to go down to get, you know, real results on what it is that I'm doing. So just pick, you know, like a, like a thing or two and focus on, you know, trying to, you know, hone in on that thing or two to improve what it is that you're doing. Um, in addition to that, I want to, you know, thank everybody for hanging out today. Um, again, you know, big shout out to the um, sponsor, the live stream, um, TubeBuddy and StreamYard, um, you know, because they, you know, help make all of this possible in terms of, you know, just, you know, the the time here and all of that good stuff. Um, so, you know, so thank you um, to them for that. I've got links to them down in the description as well. Um, I also want to let you guys know that, um, you know, I don't really talk about it that often, um, but, you know, now we're updating all the time um, my website, tubertools.com. Um, we have a membership side there as well, but, um, you know, if you need graphics for your videos or anything like that, definitely head over to tubertools.com. And um, in the uh, meantime, outside of that, everybody have an awesome um, rest of your week. I'm actually going to hop on YouTube here really quick. I'm just going to see if there's any other streams going on right now that you should go check out um, just based on, you know, um, streams that I know are good. That'll help you um, in terms of your YouTube channel. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, you know, just have a, um, have a awesome week. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything's going on um, right now that I can see at a glance here. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, just have an awesome weekend and um, stay safe out there. And I will talk to you guys, um, you know, this time next week, 9 a.m. Eastern. And as a heads up too, um, for those of you that are still hanging out here, the, um, the, I have an audio version of this that I also publish. If you go to nimandlivepodcast.com, I think it is, um, you'll see information on that. So you can listen to audio versions if you are somebody that catches up with this, you know, down the road. You can also get um, audio of this as well for now, um, unless I see it start negatively impacting, um, unless I see it negatively start impacting the streams. So again, everybody have an awesome um, rest of your week. And, um, you know, I wish you the most success on your YouTube channels. And um, I will talk to you next week.
Neil, um, this is a, um, it's a loop deck. If this is the one that you're talking about, Neil, Urban Explorer, um, it is a loop deck. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So basically this is the, um, this is the, it's, it's kind of, it works kind of like this. Um, but the difference is that um, like if I'm in like Photoshop or um, Audition or any software, um, basically how it works is this will have like shortcuts pop up and I can program pretty much everything on here and it will, um, it, I can just like hit stuff. So like here, for example, I have to hit like this to hit the razor for Premiere Pro. Um, but I can also set this up on tools that I commonly use. And then as soon as I open up, um, Premiere Pro, then it will change what I see here and then what these buttons are assigned to. And then I can just kind of tap on here, um, as well. So I got this before I got this. Thank you. 
to the Nimanati. Fit Dad Chris, welcome to the Nimanati. So go to um, uh, nimanvip.com and that's going to redirect you to the members only Facebook group. Um, and make sure you fill out everything on the way in. I'm, I'm sitting here right now. So if you do it right now, I, I can actually go ahead and add you to the group right now. Um, but just go ahead and fill out everything. Um, just so, I mean, I'm sitting right here. So like, I know that I, I just saw it happen. So you're good to go. Um, just go and, um, and request the join and I will, um, I'll get you in there right now.
Man, I got, <clears throat> I had this uh, subwoofer that comes with these uh, speaker. Well, it didn't come with them, but but uh, but to pair with these speakers, this particular song, man, it is just slamming in here. <laughs> everybody have a um awesome weekend have an awesome rest of your day um and uh thank you for hanging out hope you enjoyed the uh little chill spot there uh <laughs> after the uh after the stream for any of you that um that are not familiar that was um from epidemic sound um and uh i think i've got a link to them somewhere in the description or you can just go to epidemic sound um, but they have tons of like, that's where I get all my music currently for uh, YouTube. Um, my brother and I are actually working on something cool um, for you guys as well for the 75 people that are in here. They're going to hear that. So, yeah. So, um, so that's, that's going to be cool um, as well soon. But for right now, the jams that you're hearing are coming from epidemic sound. Fit that Chris says, sorry, Nick, um, I'll support, but um, I have to wait until um, that restriction is lifted to join the group. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Totally appreciate that. Um, yeah. Kitty says, uh, you have any more chill. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, like, I think it'd be fun just because, you know, I spend, you know, a fair amount of time in here. Um, so since I have that camera anyway, setting up like a, uh, uh, just like a, like a work with me thing um, to where it basically just turn it on. I'd have to angle it to make sure you can't see specific things on screens to know if I'm typing in like passwords and stuff like that, um, just for security. But, um, but outside of that, just like a, you know, that with some like chill music or something, that'd be kind of uh, interesting for sure. So, um, so yeah, so everybody, um, that was hanging out in the stream, thank you for hanging out. I hope that you, uh, learned something today and, um, yeah, 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 Chris. So, um, here, this is the direct album in Epidemic Sound. I just went ahead and dropped the uh, link in there for you, Chris, since you can't get into the, uh, into the group. So if you log into your Epidemic Sound account, click on, um, click on that, um, it'll take you right to, uh, to that playlist from 
the the album's called like the Next Ten Volume One, um, and uh, it's actually this one's actually under hip hop. But when I t- typed in uh, lo-fi, it's one of the one that popped up. That's why I clicked on that one. So um, so again, everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Have a fantastic week, and I will see you guys uh, next weekend.